0: This week on Three Sides of the Coin, Philip Schaus from the Rock and Roll Residency joins us and tells us stories about touring with Ace Fraley, with Gene Simmons, being a KISS fan, and now being an official member of Accept. So you don't want to miss this one.
1: This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I
0: want to rock and roll all night.
1: You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin.
2: everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. Unfortunately, we will be joined by somebody shortly. He's just shaking the dew off the folly block, as they say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's Someone else is here this week?
2: Yeah, he will be. hey oh. hey So, uh, before we get to this week's guest, just, uh, I want to remind everybody... Hit that subscribe button on YouTube, hit that follow button on Spotify, leave us a review and ratings and iTunes, and you can win an autographed Alice Cooper photo. The guy who will be joining us has got three of them that he got autographed by Alice Cooper personally. And we're giving them away. Head over to three sides of the slash contest. Drop your email address in, and you have a chance of winning one of three. Alice Cooper, autographed photos. And they're beautiful photos taken by the guy that will be showing up shortly.
3: What's his name again? Ed Uh, or something? Ed
2: Med Mitch Much. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, by the time you guys are listening to this, Mark's got a brand new album that's out. Left for Dead's album is on the streets as they say. there's Ed.
1: had
3: a hell of a piss,
2: Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Did you shake it off before you zipped it up? <laughs> We're good so mark Mark's got a brand new album out. everybody. Left for Dead has hit the streets, so to the digital streets, so to speak. Um, you can find it everywhere you would look for a digital release, whether you want to stream it or buy it, download it, uh, even get uh, CDs on demand from Amazon. If you've got to have a physical copy, you, that's the only place you can get a CD is Amazon.com.
3: Yeah, everywhere else, Spotify and all those places. And I want to thank everybody for all the kind words, getting tons and tons of love. Like I said, a few thousand spins there on YouTube already. Uh, very excited, and uh, thank you for all the kind words. Hope you guys dig it, man. And uh, we
2: want to hear cool. your review. Let's yeah. just let's well, make, yeah. make sure you, you you use that as one of your homework opportunities. Leave us a review
0: of Left for Dead. What song did you like the most? There's, there there's ten songs to choose from, and there's lots of uh, comments in this week's show with uh, with Warren i uh, working with Ace Fraley talking about the Left for Dead as well. You're getting a lot of love there as well. So, yeah, everyone needs to go check it out. Mark, Mark, I, I, Mark, I, I, by the way, I,
3: speaking, of, speaking of Warren and what a great job, this is three weeks in a row with lots of pro Ace talk.
2: You know, I'm about ready to kill myself with all of this <laughs>
3: Ace talk. Because all the blue Kool-Aid drinkers, they give a shit all the time, and I'm like, we love Ace. Where, do, yeah. where did this come from? That we weren't huge Ace fans.
0: Because we gave an honest review of one of his records, and Michael said that he just prefers the guitar playing and the soloing, and he would rather have a different singer than Ace. That's number one. And number two, the fact that we are all Tommy Thayer fans, and God forbid that Tommy Thayer is wearing the Spaceman outfit and makeup and that's just blasphemy to people so everyone thinks that we freaking hate him because remember we got that one chowder head who sent in uh, a review saying that we are, we have to give Ace a uh, 10 out of 10 on everything he does because it's our responsibility to help Ace sell records. I remember that.
3: Yeah, it's just like the a-hole at, at some talk website who went up to those guys and said, we would never talk bad about you. Well, no one's talking bad about it. We just gave an honest opinion. We don't have to like every CD and every book that comes out. Yeah,
2: we oh. still love Ace, even though we may not love every album or every song or every guitar solo, but we love
3: Ace Fraley. And by yeah. the way, uh, I love Spaceman. I just want to go on record. That album is fun. Yeah, it's
0: awesome. great. Well, and, and one I want to mention one of the comments, too, from Sound Propeller Patrick. He mentioned he really likes the drum part at the end of uh, the Rock and Roll Dogs. He liked the record. But he also said he's a longtime fan of Warren, and his Produce Like a Pro YouTube channel, he's the best. So check out Warren's Produce Like a Pro YouTube channel if you guys want to learn about uh, music editing and recording. Yeah, he was great last week. Warren
2: was awesome. Yeah, Lots Yeah. lots of geek talk last week as well. Started the whole show off geeking on Rainbow.
3: Of course. I'm on anything Richie Blackmore is one, one, great. One,
2: once again, to Mark took over the show and turned it into the Mark Cicchini podcast.
3: Oh, I can't <laughs> help it when I have to get geeky. <laughs> well, look, although I think this week, being that we're recording the beginning at the end, um, Tommy, kudos today. You really uh, you really kept the, the show moving along well today. I'm being uh, genuine and sincere. You did a great job.
2: Thanks. Well, you know. I, every once, awesome every once in a while, Tommy steps up.
0: Well, because, I mean, it's, it's, Michael's always the leadership role for the most part. We've just been doing that since episode one, and that works fine for me. I get my questions in, but, you know, I, got, I had a lot for Phil.
2: I got to make mention the absolute funniest thing I got to sit back and watch and not have to worry about. Last Friday. So if you don't know. Tommy yeah. Tommy does these um, happy hour live Facebook videos. Tommy and Kyle, and Lisa's been on a few of them. But every Friday night on the Three Sides of the Coin Facebook page, Tommy goes live. And this last Friday, Mark, Mark joined. No
3: fault of his own.
2: Mark joined in, and I kid you freaking not, as soon as Mark shows up, Everything goes to shit. Mark can't hear. I, I can't, I'm I'm watching Tommy's face, and Tommy's just like trying to figure this out and trying to talk to this and deal with that. And I'm, I'm commenting. I'm going,
0: this is the greatest was,
2: thing ever to sit back and watch somebody else deal with the technical
0: problems. And that was the best comment of the evening. It really was. So, yeah, for those of you that aren't aware, on um, 7 p.m. Central Time, here in the states uh we do the kiss happy hour with kyle and lisa and we have guests on is lisa market. permanent now yeah i think so she loves it you know she keeps acting like well can i come on it's like well what do you mean of course you can come Part on of if the you show come on. i mean what the, what the hell yeah so anyways, and we're just doing a hang and we started this during all the, the lockdown stuff because there's a lot of people sitting at home with nothing to do. So please, if you guys are around on a Friday night, and I'm sorry to all of you that are like in Germany and, and, you know, Japan and all that, that we can't do it on a Saturday afternoon There's a better time frame for you. But it's the one time that all of us could do it live. But please join in on the conversation. We talk about all kinds of stuff and not just kiss. So yeah, we'd love to have you guys participate. But
2: it it, it it would be like watching a live recording of three sides. And you get to watch, at least last week, you got to watch all of the technical crap that was just yeah. it was yeah. so it I honest to God, it was so beautiful not to have to worry about solving the technical problems as I'm watching oh, Tommy pull his hair out going well.
0: And and it, all that stuff stays up. So if you just go scroll back through our Facebook page, you can find the other lives we've done if you want to watch the, the stuff, because we talk about a lot of interesting things. And Ryan Barks, who was one of our, our listeners and friends of the show, he was on a couple of weeks ago and showed a beautiful collection that he has he must have 30 guitars that are signed. It's mean, it's, it's, not, it's mind-blowing. And, and he had other stuff, too. Ryan's a super nice guy. So you get to see stuff like that, too. And we're going to bring other people on as well as we work through it. Like we did, um, you know, we had Mark on last Friday and his uh, partner in crime, Keith, to talk about the Left for Dead record. But we didn't realize at the time we couldn't do five people at one time, so we could only do four. So we are working through technical stuff, but we got it down now.
3: Yeah, it was a lot
0: of, a lot of fun, too. So Yeah.
3: Oh, oh, by the way, somebody asked, and I, because this is something that, this is the frustrating part about technology. You know, Tommy's like, oh, the questions are right there. I'm like, no, they're not. I have my video and that's it. There's nothing else. You know, so I'm like, well, somebody, when I was talking about my old band, they, because we, we, on our new record, we did a couple of my old band songs from the 80s. And he's like, oh, I remember them from WLLZ. That's right. Our, we had a song called The Hunt that was played on WLLZ a few times. So it was just kind of cool. I was going through it afterwards to see what I missed. And somebody brought up, you know, they just said, oh, I remember that from WLLZ. And I'm like, yeah, my chain was played on WLLZ a bunch of times with our song called The Hunt. And I'm like, I forgot about that until I, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. So. Yeah, it was just, and that's another thing too with what's going on, and and, and a little foreshadowing here. Our, our guest is going to be releasing by the time you hear this his new record as well. And guys, you know what? This is, and we talked about in, in the episode coming up that you're about to see. We talked about regional DJs, and we talked about just how sad it is now. And I'm I'm sure you had them in Minneapolis and Chicago and New York and Florida. They used to play local bands even for an hour on a Sunday night or something. Yep. Yeah, we would have we would have that. And all that is missing. So if you wonder why there's no scene and you know you, the powers that be have just made it impossible. You would think even now right now in a time of COVID that that the 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 local radio stations would be giving some, you know, airwaves or air, you know, airtime to new music and stuff. But man, is that's the frustrating part. And we we were even talking about, you know, a band like Accept who's to the fan base, people like myself, to the fan base who are going, "Hey, their last few records are as good as the classic ones." You know, right.
0: But well, guess I think
3: what? You'll never hear anywhere. Everything is... Uh, almost any form. You have to
0: literally go buy it. Yeah. Everything is can't. so scripted now.
3: Oh, it's
4: just
0: fucked, man. We have... Locally you here, we have Remy Max- Maxwell on uh, 104. And Remy is from here. And he was brought back from L.A. And he does a two-hour show. And he's actually a lot of fun to listen to but i don't know i've never asked him how much input he has in the songs that they play we still have a few djs at kq as well that you know their personality the sad thing is is the people that are on on the weekends and overnights they're not they're not developing any new talent they're not developing the next person with a personality that talks because i liked the old school radio where they would talk about a song coming up and then they'd give you comments and I don't know it was it 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 was interesting to listen to and that's all kind of gone now now it's just pre-programmed.
3: Well, don't they and have, it, I don't know if this put it this way. Here's how little I listen to the radio. I remember I was in New York City and they had like a a station called Jack and here they had one called Bob or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? It was yeah. like it was like and it's the same. You know they they play. Smells like Teen Spirit twice an hour. Jeremy by Pearl Jam twice an hour. Hey, this is your classic rock. And I'm like, this sucks. Honest to God, in a true classic rock radio station, you should go a month or two without
0: hearing there's that much music. Yeah. Well in in we do know, have a repeat. We do have a Jack 104 here, which is the one that Remy is on. So when Remy's not on, the rest of it is pre-programmed. But they've had a pretty good um wide net of music so you don't hear a lot of repeat but like with kq i think they're so formatted and so dialed in that they actually have artists lined up for a certain time of the day so like if you're driving in a car at three o'clock on a monday afternoon and you hear um already gone by the eagles at three o'clock on thursday the same time slot it'll be the Eagles again. It won't be already gone. It'll be Witchy Woman. They have literally have it. That's the algorithm. It's down to that point because it really comes back to we're trying to sell advertising dollars, so we have to keep playing the songs that people expect to hear on this radio station, and it's just not going to change, but it has changed with the times. So now I'm hearing, for the last five years or so, Motley Crue and some of these other bands that when they first came out or the first... Five years of their existence they would have never played them
3: well metallica is the greatest example of that i, I remember because i was on, i got into metallica right away actually through the demo stuff and it, it wasn't really until the black record many years into there or, or excuse me one actually before you know rock radio would even take a chance on them you know but that also brings back like i said with the regional thing I remember when Liz and I were in Florida and 98 rock out of Tampa was playing this new band called Alice in Chains. And it was the first time I'd heard, uh, what's the man in the box song. Mm -hmm. And I went to the mall. I mean, this this is how dated all this sounds. I went to the mall in the Tampa area and I went to the, whatever the record store was. And they're like, Alice Cooper doesn't have a new, I said, no, it's, I could have swore the DJ said Alice in Chains and they, they didn't have it, you know what I mean? And they're like, "Well, I said, well, I heard it here, and I've never heard it in Detroit. I'm from Detroit, but God, they they're playing it, you know, once or twice a day, and I'm listening to the radio. A lot. I was such a radio junkie, you know, and and I'm like, this song is fantastic. And then when I got home, you know. It was just I, I, I think I eventually did find a copy on cassette in, in Florida in the next couple of days. But I, I, I'll never forget going up there and they're like, Alice Cooper. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's the DJ said Alice and Chains. I said, I have no idea who they are. But that song right. is, is called Man in the Box, and boy, is that really cool, you know? Yeah. So that's but, that, that whole thing's over. Yeah, well that's the whole that's I guess that's what I'm trying to point out to the younger fans. Now, if I go to, to 98 Rock is WRIF here in Detroit. It's, it's both owned by Clear Channel. They both play the same songs, it seems, at the same time. It just it's fucking horrible.
2: Well, you, you, you know, listen. I mean, not that this is new to anybody. We just came out of Memorial Day weekend, and radio stations love to do their top 500 classic rock countdowns. Yeah, we
3: had that here, too. Yes. Take,
2: yeah, they all have it. And you don't even have to listen to it to know what's going to be the number one song every freaking year. Stairway to Heaven. you're like, are you kidding me? Oh, what would be number two? Probably Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Well,
0: and you know what was interesting is I was listening to some of that on KQ this weekend as I was driving around. And years have gone by, they literally would tally up or say they said they would tally up requests throughout the year. And that's how they determine the top 500. So that's why you got so many of the same songs year after year. Now they're like, well, now we look at album sales and we look at Spotify and we look at all these other. They don't look at, I bet you they don't look at Squat. No, exactly. I, I, I was just thinking, you're not going to take the time to look at all that stuff. It's almost like they take 500 songs, they pick the top 10, and then everything else, they just throw up in the air, and whatever lands in this, they pick them up. That's how they choose. They, they,
2: they just look at their own you know computers that say, oh, you've this is the song we've played most in the last 12 months. That's our number yeah. one song. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It, the radio is sadly a complete freaking mess and disappointment now Mm -hmm. just really is
3: yeah there's no no love for anything it's you know the the saddest part to me what did i love most when i was a kid about, about rock radio was the discovery aspect of it now it is the most underlined the three times the most uncreative uninspired medium out there for rock anything rock music yep they don't fucking
0: care at all that's what made but that's what made mtv so exciting in the early days yeah you know well let's move on to something that's not disappointing and not mediocre introduce this week's guest tommy who do we have our our guest this week philip shouse which is one of the rock and roll residency maniacs who is on tour with accept he is actually in the band official member he is you've seen him probably with ace fraley and also gene simmons um super nice guy and we've got him for two hours so let it roll it's an awesome interview yep awesome
1: Want to get your official Three Sides of the Coin logo and Shocker tea? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours
3: online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com.
0: Good afternoon or evening, all of you Three Sides listeners. Today, we have the smartest of the three amigos with us. Phillips House. <laughs> that's smartest.
4: All right. That came from Tommy himself, not me, not me. I promise.
2: No, 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 no. We—that's what was what was demanded by you when you said, "If I'm coming on, this is how I've got to be introduced."
4: It's part yeah. of the deal right now, <laughs> totally.
0: <laughs> well, So we've been we've been trying to get Philip on for quite some time, and it's just been—he's been busy touring when they were doing the Ace shows, and then you're with Accept. You've got a lot of stuff going on, so I'm so happy we finally got you here.
4: Me too. Happy to be here, guys. Good to see everybody and good to see everybody watching and at home. So, glad to be here. Great. Where, where do you want to
0: start today? Do you want to talk about, uh, like, the question I've been dying to ask you because uh, Jeremy actually came up with the best answer of anyone ever that's been on this podcast, is what's the first Kiss album you owned?
4: Uh, the first kiss of my own. Uh, okay, it was a mixtape that my friend Brad made for me. But the actual first like kiss record was uh, had to be Alive. Nice. My my first piece of Kiss thing was a homemade thing from my, my friend Brad McWhorter, uh, But then had a lot of Alive on it. It was uh it was the whole career makeup non makeup everything up to like ninety one at that point I guess so. Um, yeah, alive. I think is my first actual legit first kiss record.
0: Very cool. Yeah, because Jeremy said uh, side three and four of Alive too, and we're like, how does that even happen? And, you know,
4: <laughs> Trading <laughs> for a friend, he bought it for a quarter, I think, or fifty cents yeah, or something. Yeah. Story, but yeah, something, did, something did, crazy.
2: Did did you guys hear, uh, somewhat off of the so- a side track here, that you know the NFL is planning to come back? But I just heard. They're planning to pipe in crowd noise at NFL games because there's going to be no fans there, and I'm like, awesome! They can pipe in alive. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then, are they going to do the, the, the flange? Isn't the it, flange it, isn't, isn't it funny have.
2: how everything comes full circle here? We use we use football crowd noise on Kiss Alive, <laughs> and now football is going to pipe in crowd noise. Well, if that
0: you listen really so... closely before Parasite, you can hear fourth
4: down <laughs> <laughs> So is but that is that uh, for the is that Oh
3: sorry Mark go ahead you No know, I was just gonna say the NHL just uh laid their uh plans out um to start, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um you know I, I look I mean this is certainly first world problems, but man, I, I sure miss sports, man. This is uh
4: it's been really wild, man. Uh, luckily, the ESPN did uh, release the last game, uh, the last dance, uh, documented the Bulls, the 10-part Bulls documentary. Right. And yeah. that was just fucking great. Um, so that's been my only sports thing for this whole time yeah. been watching that over and over again. There's I've nothing seen. going on. Do so you, I, think, you so think, I, think the uh, the piped-in crowd noise is for the players? I don't think they care.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: I don't well. I don't yeah, know. I, just, I think it could help them a little bit, but it is probably to add atmosphere to the TV broadcast, which is going to go on. But yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I wonder will they will they pipe in like boos and hisses when somebody makes a big mistake?
4: And when why not pipe in like canned laughter from Three's Company? Like, yeah, what, what yeah. Are I mean, mean you know, it it it, it
2: does bring up a lot of questions because you know you go you watch or go to a football game. It's not 100% cheering and support. If your no. team's getting blown no, out, you're saying you suck, <laughs> go home, you know. Yeah. Are they going yeah, to do a, that?
3: That's a question. Do you guys do you, are are the three of you guys sports fans in general?
4: Yeah. Probably not yeah. as big
2: as as you are, Mark, but yeah.
4: Yeah, once once pro football season starts, I kind of keep up with pro football. I used to be in the fantasy; I haven't played in years, but I, I kind of I keep up with football when it when it's going on.
0: Yeah, I I love it. I, I but well, so, what is the NHL going to do then? Because their season's done, isn't it? No.
3: no, 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 no. They they just announced <laughs> the today Stanley Cup playoff. The, right before ever they, they were about two weeks away from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay. I'm sorry, I haven't I haven't followed uh, hockey. No years. I know that. I'm just trying to explain it yeah. to you. Mid- wow. So what they're doing now is they, they're taking the top twenty-four teams because statistically there was a few teams who were who maybe coulda, shoulda, woulda made the playoffs. So what they did, they took like teams like, you know, the red wings are, so they're like the last place in the entire NHL. So they like, took the bottom feeders and went, you know, you're not even in the discussion. So you're not going to be in the tournament and they're going to do like a quick round Robin. It's it. I actually think it's pretty, it's pretty much the coolest thing they could have done. Um, so, but again, you know, the whole non fans, there no fans thing kind of bugs me, but, um, what are you going to do? But in a in a nutshell, I'm just happy that there's going to be NBA and you know baseball says they're probably going to start. So, anyways, really quick time to get back here. Um, they're going to have a couple neutral sites. Um, I think Las Vegas for the West Coast. I think Vegas, Vancouver, and one other. Did I? And I, and I
2: thought I heard Orlando, or maybe that was for another sports league.
3: Uh, well, you know, Orlando does have a that they had a minor league. Hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the Solar Bears, as I think.
4: That's <laughs> great. <laughs> um, hey, they, speaking of minor league hockey, there was a team in Macon, Georgia called the Macon Whoopie.
3: Oh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I just remember some, somebody here watching the show will because they seem to be able to find this silly trivia. But I'm trying to remember there was an AHL team, American Hockey so, uh, League. Uh, there was an AHL team that did a kiss night oh, I remember kissed, that Yeah and I always wanted to find one of those jerseys I I probably could if I went online but do you do you, um, do you remember looked, do you remember looked, during
2: looked, the reunion tour there was a minor league baseball team that did a couple kiss nights Correct
3: correct Oh wow okay Yeah so I mean that's I'm just I'm just welcoming sports in general back I still can't you know and without getting political or anything you know, today they, they've been hemming and hawing about, you know, U of M football coming back. I um, mean, University of Michigan. And well, whereas Ohio is there, they've already said, oh, we're going to start this day and this day. There's so much money in that. Uh, and, and schools count on that money, you know, not only just Big Ten Pack and mm-hmm. all over the country. Yeah, so it's true. Well, yeah, that, so, that's why they, they
2: count them. on the TV, they count on their TV revenue much more than just selling tickets. So uh, that's
3: my point. So I I'm I am going to bet that if 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 uh, if if there's if Ohio's playing, Michigan's going to play, too. I mean, I I don't like this. uh, You know, this, you know, stop the bullshit. There's too much. That is big money. Again, that's the lifeblood of college football for the people who don't like sports. Guess what funds? libraries and, you know, all that other good stuff that most people associate with the college life, you know, football and at, you know, athletics draw athletics a ton totally. of cash, ton of
2: cash. Well, you know, that, that, yeah. that, that's just why, you know, the professional leagues, they're going to come back without crowds because all right, it sucks not being able to sell tickets and having a crowd there, but they've got all those TV contracts that's mm-hmm. just billions of dollars on the line that they can at least collect on that.
3: Yeah. Right. Let, let's, let's make no bullshit about this. The, 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 the almighty dollar is going to
0: drive a lot of that stuff. Um, you know,
3: and, and. But they
0: get a bunch of fans together with watching parties. So it's like, you know, yeah, they can't go to the stadium, but they're going to freaking tailgate. You watch, it'll you know. Let, yeah. Let's move yeah. on because
3: I,
4: I, I yeah, do I'm going to jump on that. Yeah, I don't like want to go, to go down
2: the Let's go back to KISS.
4: <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the L.A. KISS, the arena football. The L.A. KISS. I went to one game of that. I got to go to a game. They lost. We, <laughs> arena yeah. football actually was not that bad to watch. I, I went smart. to – yeah, we had a team here, the Nashville Cats. Uh, that I went to a couple of those games too. They were fun. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, i,
3: I didn't I didn't hate it as a sport. It was kind of like, I remember briefly in Detroit we had a a professional um, lacrosse league, and Liz and I got free tickets. And I remember it was right when we started dating. Actually, we went just to go downtown to. I don't know fuck all about lacrosse, but it was fun to watch. I I thought I thought when I was there, I, I felt like somebody who wasn't a hockey fan going to a hockey game because I sat there watching the lacrosse going, yeah, it's pretty exciting. This is kind of fun. I don't know dick all about it, but right. I I get why it's a sport. And I, it was fun to watch,
0: you know, mm-hmm. I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good well, time. The, the more the fans are into it, the better it is. You know, like the, we went and we went to a, a Buffalo Sabres game and the kids sitting behind us <laughs> made the whole freaking game. They were just Chipping at the players, yelling at them, you suck. I mean, all night was great. Oh,
3: when, when Tommy and I were in Buffalo to go see Kiss, we got there the day before, and and I and our hotel is a J was you know literally connected to the arena, mm-hmm. and the Buffalo Sabers were playing that night. And I said to Tommy, "I'm like, let's go to the game." So we went, and like Tommy was just saying, we had a group of kids. I mean, they were what teens, preteens. Yeah, they're all the same team together. Probably ten to twelve years old, yeah, and just chirping like you wouldn't fucking believe, and funny. I mean, they were. I'm like, this this wasn't their first game.
4: Funny and, heckling, and hockey fans are the best at that because I know at Predators games in Nashville, the the level of heckling, like group heckling, is off the charts, and it's <laughs> it's amazing. It's always one of the best. Always one of the best parts of going to those games for me is to, is to hear all the like the chants that the, the entire arena is like you suck you know knows well, when to do it let how let many times you, to do it
3: you well, know let me tell you Phil I, I I still play hockey and up until I'm fifty I'll be fifty five on Friday but up until I was fifty so like from my twenties to my fifties till I turned fifty I played in a in an eighteen and over league so as I got older my kid still to this day loves. You know, and my wife loves the story. Especially as I got older, I obviously couldn't move as quick as I could, and I would fuck with these eighteen-year-old kids who would, and <laughs> I would get in their heads, man. Like we'd be at face-offs and stuff, and like, hey, when we're done with this, you want to come over and clean my gutters?
1: And look at me, like, <laughs> and, you know?
3: and and,
2: and, and they're shit. and they're like, just wait, old man.
3: Oh, I, I would fuck with them like you would not believe, me. I would just say shit like that, or, or you know, one of the guys would fucking um, celebrate. He'd be out there. I'm like, I'd start yelling, "Mow my lawn,
1: mow my lawn," you know.
3: <laughs> and they'd get all fucking pissed off, you know. Oh, I, I again, I I had some guys just straight up going, "That's some of the best chirping ever." I'm like, hey, thanks. You know, Here's <laughs> of
1: practice.
3: I had one, and, and then I won't get into hockey stories. One of my buddies, who was probably 50 or so, got into a fight with this guy who was like in his 20s and beat his ass. And when he took his helmet off, the guy had super gray hair and his old, and this guy felt like he was about this big. And we're like, fuck you. You know, you think you're some badass. You're fighting some guy holding up to be your dad, and he kicked your fucking ass,
1: too.
3: <laughs> my team always did real well because we played together forever. So we we just you know yeah. that
1: you
3: know we had chemistry and we beat these young teams and they just get fucking pissed, you oh, know. Yeah. And it, it was awesome. Again, it was just. Uh,
2: anyway, I, yeah, I, 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 all right. Fun. Enough of the Mark Chikini podcast here.
4: Yeah, well, I was going to tell going to tell a story. Uh, actually, a pretty cool hockey story. I don't have. Yeah, I have you one. Too. Yeah, um, but you're the guest.
2: You're, you're the, the guest. One, you can talk about whatever you want. <laughs>
4: <I got right. laughs> Uh, so last Predators game I went to uh, Brent Fitz was in town. Of course, Brent Fitz is Canadian, so he's hockey's in his blood. And um, they were playing the Winnipeg Jets, his yeah, team. His so I got to watch the game in the box with Bobby Orr. Wow. Ooh. The Golden Jet man. I couldn't. Wow. So we were up there, and uh, Brent has done several charity events with um, with him, and so they kind of know each other. So he was in town doing something. So he's like, "Want to go to the game?" I'm like. Yeah, absolutely. It's like Bobby Yoors' right he's right there. And he's what was so cool to watch him was he was still he was chirping like the whole time. <laughs> nice. And it was great. He was still like watching the plays, going, Oh yeah, that guy missed that. He was totally calling it like super into it. And That's um really cool. it was on his little like rascal scooter scooting around drinking white wine and was it was it was unbelievable to watch the game with a guy like that. Did so, you go fanboy yeah. on him?
2: Because Mark would have. <laughs>
4: Uh, oh, no, I thought no, it was pretty cool. Definitely got pictures with everything, but it was cool. And when we all left together, it was funny because nobody knew who he was. And Brent was telling me because it was in Nashville, and Brent was like, "If we're in Canada, we could not be doing this." I and mean, we were just we were all walking down this down Broadway back to his back to their hotel, and nobody pretty nobody was bothering him. I was kind of just walking right beside him, chatting with him, and yeah it was it was pretty cool i had never i had got to watch a sporting event with one of the kings of the sport
0: yeah well yeah that's never
4: again so that was pretty special
0: oh yeah that's that's a great story yeah it really is he was really nice he was he was a fun he was that was a fun night yeah when you get to hang around a legend like that how can you go wrong you know yeah yeah um i there's so much we got to talk about and and one of the things I want to drive home to the people listening that may not have met any of you guys is how nice all of you guys are and how funny all of you guys are. And you're just like us, you're kiss fans, you know, that it's true. really true. In fact, one of my favorite memories is the first time I met you guys was at the CHS field show Mm -hmm. was, which the Gene Simmons came in to do, it was for matter.
4: Yep. Yeah. Trick. Ace Don Felder, and yeah, 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 yep. yeah, and
0: these guys were running around backstage with a Budokan record, trying to find Xander to get him to sign it.
4: <laughs> I had, I had, it was mine. I had the, the the center of it, and I had Xander and Bun already on it. I got him to okay, sign it. Okay, so it was Nielsen, all right. It was Nielsen and 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 Peterson. And I finally got him. And a really funny thing about uh, when Rick signed it, because we we know, at this point, we knew Robin and Dax, because they would come to Nashville and this a couple times at the residency. So we're around there. You know, Rick kind of knows who we are and like, tolerates us, you know. And uh, so uh, Dax comes into our, we're all kind of in like different locker rooms, right? So we're in one. Dax comes in. We're talking. I said, do you think it'd be okay if I had to get this signed by your dad? And he's like, yeah, sure, sure. Come on. And we're there next door. And so we walk into their room, and Rick is laying down on a couch and his feet propped up like that with his phone like this. And, uh, and his, his uh, he comes in and is like, hey, Dad, can you sign this thing for one of the guys from Nashville? And he goes, yeah, as you can see, I'm real busy with Solitaire. So we're playing Solitaire, and we he signs it, and we start talking. And and uh, so he stands up, takes some pictures, and he goes, if I give you guys a pic, will you leave? <laughs> <laughs> We almost died, and uh, but it, that was the best. That was just the best day because we had never played with Ace before, and getting to see, getting just you know just to go see a Gene show with Cheap Trick. I mean that would have been just amazing to see. But being part of it and being back there, and that was just like one of the greatest days of any of our lives. Um, oh, it was a beautiful uh, to day. date and since then that was just one hell of a day
0: yeah it, it, and it was just it was a fantastic event all the way around and, and i that was the thing that was so great you guys were all so excited and happy to be there and i i recognized that right away i'm like these guys are awesome because yeah. i didn't we hadn't met you know i might have met ryan at one point for i, I bet i don't recall but yeah it was just fantastic i thought yeah that
4: was, just a really so, special day because that was we had never met ace before so we never actually didn't meet ace until he walked on deck to play with us like we didn't do any we didn't meet him before and um so yeah when he when he walked up you can see us like if you're watching the video you can see us all like Ugh! do one of those <laughs> like fuck it's ace you know and yeah, so yeah that was that was that whole thing was really cool that was well, so, it was a great day
0: that's fantastic well so how did you how did you end up where you are right now Give I us the myself, whole story. I ask
4: myself that all the time. <laughs> how the hell did I get here? Um, oh, well, moved to Nashville. I'll just start with Nashville. Moved to Nashville in 2004, um, and really was just kind of you know trying different things. Um, before then, really got serious when I got to Nashville. I actually met people in the music business that knew how to have a career in the music business. That was huge. Um, yeah. Started doing country stuff. Uh, The next year in 2005, uh, with the guys. bands, you mean, or session work? uh, With bands, touring. So I became like a side guy, like within a year of moving up here. I was always kind of open minded and didn't like have to be in my band or whatever. You know, it was like, no, I have to do my stuff. I didn't have my stuff. You know, I I was a quick learner. So it was a good way. It was a good way for me to earn a living playing guitar. And so I moved up at the time when country guys were looking for more of a skinnered Allman Brothers type gunslinger guy, and that was my wheelhouse. So I got a gig. Uh, David Lee Murphy had a couple of hits in the, uh, some big hits in the nineties. and was yep. a big rider, so I will play with him, and then started just kind of doing gig, 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 bouncing back and forth, and doing as many things as I could. Um, to, uh, see, the Rock and Roll Residency started in two thousand fourteen. Uh,
0: and and before you go any further, talk a little bit about what that is, because a lot of people have heard about this rock and roll residency, but they don't really understand what it is. So tell us how that evolved exactly what it is.
4: Yeah. So it was the culmination of all these tribute and cover shows that Jeremy Asbrock and I have been doing for the previous, like five, six years and, um, or longer even. And so, uh, that was a weekly show. It started at an Irish pub in Nashville. It was free. And it was all pretty much 70s hard rock. And we didn't do, our specialty was not the big hits. Our specialty was playing album cuts uh, for deep, like for people like us would come and yeah. you know, we'd, we'd do all the different songs. Uh, we only did it for a month. The idea was for one month in April uh, because we also were going to invite people down like Damon Johnson, Chuck Garrick was in, involved in the beginning. Yeah. Um, We know all these guys, Karabi, and all these other guys that we know that live here. It's like, well, why don't we just get them to come and do it? So the month went great. We went through the summer. That went great. We kept on going. Alice Cooper came in October, and that was the big kind of like we're on the map moment. And it went for five years pretty much, almost every Tuesday. And we just got too busy to keep it a residency because if you're gone, you can't call it a residency if you're never there to play. Right. So, right. We still do shows occasionally. Big announcement this weekend. Our record is coming out. Uh, with original music. So that's being announced this weekend. So I'll, I'll wait till Saturday to, to drop, the, <laughs> drop the big news. But we do have an EP coming out. So that's cool. Yeah, uh, and you can talk about it because this won't be airing. This won't be airing for a week. Oh, great! Uh, it's on EMP Records, uh, Dave Ellison's label. Cool. Good and for you. It's uh, s- uh, six originals and a cover so it's uh we're excited it's been done Michael a michael wagner did it michael wagner makes wow so, wow yeah and where
0: where will people be able to get this
4: it's a digital only release right now and then okay. things start normalizing and shops open up physical copies may happen um we're just gonna see what happens this isn't a definite thing we got the cover back today the cover rules it's super it's great uh <laughs> so, um, so everything looks good. Everything's super, super excited. Um, it's been in the works for a long time. It's been done for a long time, actually. We just kind of was on the shelf. And um, your you guys' buddy, Bryn, uh, Bryn yeah. from Flip, Bryn Aarons, uh, hit us up and talked to us about it and hooked us up with the guys at EMP. And So, yeah, there you go.
0: That's fantastic. It's amazing what, what can come from something that you're doing just because you enjoy it.
4: That's the thing with the residency was we had no end goal. It wasn't like we're going to do this and we're going to make it and we're going to blah, blah, blah. It wasn't, wasn't any of that. It was just we know all these classic rock songs. We know all these people in town that are, you know, that are, actually have a, a name. And so why not do a thing? Why not have a big party? And that's what it became. It became like ground zero for the rock and there's the music community in Nashville. It's like if you were into that kind of thing, on Tuesday nights, you were there. And that so, so the family kind of took the, the community kind of took precedence over the music for me. The music for me like even like a year into it became second to the, the group that came and the community that formed around around that thing. That was the most important for me.
0: Well, and being that Nashville has been known for country music forever. And over the last five years or so, maybe a little longer, you've had more and more rock musicians and different types of musicians moving there. Totally. Is is it was it more of a relaxed type of thing for people to be involved in? Because I would think that being it's Nashville, it's not the same as like if you tried to do this in L.A., it would probably turn out to be a shit show because you'd get way too many people there just like there like, to hang out. Like Izzy. Like Izzy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You have a room full of Izzy's. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, we, you know what? We did have people say that, that, that people that would come and kind of visit and sit in that we that didn't live in Nashville would look around and was like, you couldn't do this anywhere else but here. Uh, and it was laid back, and it wasn't an ego fest, and it was honestly like it felt, and I felt like this too, it felt like we were all in – our friend's basement and their older brother had the most, the greatest record collection in the world. It did, didn't feel like a we weren't putting on a concert. like a, like a, like a, cause it wasn't at a proper venue in the beginning. Anyway, it was, a, it was a, uh, on the patio of an Irish pub, uh, with a, a stage like three inches high PA on sticks, you know, and that, that thing, it was so much magic happened in that room and so many great things happened from, the relationships that formed in that room, not just us, but, you know, the crowd also guest musicians got gigs. Um, it definitely put, uh, it definitely put like Jeremy and I on the map in Nashville as like, Oh, the rock guys. Oh, you got to go over there. You got to see what those guys are doing every week. It's, you know, so it it became a, became a really cool thing. So how far off of the main
0: downtown area where all of the bars are, was this located?
4: This was on the strip of another, like a smaller strip of bars. Um, it's pretty, it was, it was. if you're walking on Broadway, like the Lower Broadway Honky Tonk, you're not going to yeah. stumble upon this place. It was a bit down, um, but we did like it because we were outside and it wasn't a venue. So folks that were walking by were just like, is that Montrose? And they would like walk in and you yeah. could. You know, because it was on the street, it was, you know, blazing hot in, in, in the summer and freezing cold in the wintertime, and uh, it was we did it there until we got noise complaints and had to move to an actual proper venue. But uh, but yeah, it was on it was on, Demund, it was on De which is like connected to Broadway. So it was it was a ways off, but it was a smaller strip of bars and hotels that were around there. So
0: so people could find you if they were looking for that.
4: Yeah, yeah, and it got it got you know, like of course when we were before we had to move them towards the end, people knew right where it was and um a big thing that helped us out in Nashville was uh we were on the cover of the Nashville scene, which is like the entertainment paper, like the you know, out and about and all that that kind of thing. Yeah. And we were on the cover of that and a really, really good um really good actually uh piece on us and it was the first time that I'd been in that magazine uh, without them taking like the piss out of whatever we were doing because they're kind of like notoriously hipster, right? Oh. Like, you know why they all like Elvis Costello? Because they look like Elvis Costello. <laughs> that, kind, that kind of a thing. <laughs> and it was most of the time they would announce on shows with like, well, if you want to go, what if they're going to play anything from the Elder tonight. You know, they're talking about our kiss shows. And it was actually a really uh, – um, you know, now friends of mine were the were the writers and the photographers, and they did a really, really good job of that. So that also was a big, a big push uh, for us, too. And all the guests that we had, like not just the named guests, but like the guys that come that live in Nashville that come every week and sing with us, just like the, the talent pool. We're so lucky to have all these people that we know that are so good at what they do. Know, singing or playing drums well, or, let, know, let, or, let
2: me ask you because because of that the talent pool of guests that would show up and want to be part of it were you able to properly rehearse in advance with them as to the songs or was a lot of it just they show up they jump on stage you kind of talk to each other and go let's do this song and you just do it for the first time together
4: you said a oh word, I don't know what it was. It was rehearsal? What <laughs> <sort> of- <laughs> no, we, we we didn't rehearse for it. Uh, what we did, though, was we would plan ahead. So we'd get done with the show Tuesday. Wednesday morning, we're planning the next week's show. When I think about how, how like many shows we did in a row, I'm like, how do we do that? And we'd learn new songs every week. And it was ridiculous, was what it was. It was a lot of work. It was great. So we'd start reaching out to people who we knew were in town. Like, hey, you here? You want to do? You want to do something? So we'd plan the set list and we'd plan the personnel. Uh, so we knew that much, but we would just all do our homework and and get up there and and you know we and just and kind of talk through an ending. If we remembered more often than not, we'd be playing and we'd go, "Oh shit! How are we going to How are we going to end this? We forgot to talk about this." So we would just kind of like. <laughs> All kinds of things on the fly. Just like, you know, of so this. It's a true
2: it was a true jam, not one of these fake jams that had hours of rehearsal at a soundstage.
4: Oh yeah, we did not we did not rehearse for this. It just we we started rehearsing and we did for like the first the first couple of months and then it really kind of messed up on Monday nights. So we quit, we quit doing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> and, we, and we realized, you know, cause we all, you know, do our homework and everybody did. And we know these guys, whoever's going to sing with us, is, are going to do it too. And then we just like, let's just not rehearse. And then we never had, we never really had m- any massive train wrecks. Um, everything would kind of happen. We'd get back on the, you know, we would have of course things every night, but it was just for fun that way. But we definitely knew what songs we were doing, and everybody, all the guests knew what they were doing and when they were going to do it. You know, we do the order and everything, so it was very organized that way.
0: Yeah, because that's been very popular here in the Twin Cities. We've got a lot of local musicians that have two different Wednesday night or Thursday night jams going, and different people show up, and whoever can does, and then they just yeah. kind of put it all together, and they just keep changing members, uh, guitar players, bass players, singers, and all of that. And it's it's a lot of fun to watch because. You never know what's coming next.
4: Right. And that was what yeah. I loved with our show because we, we would do, like, we'd do Murders in the Room Morgue and then we'd do Dreamweaver. or You know, it was like, I, I, oh, I, I wow. love those shows because we just we just didn't care. Anything that was in that kind of time period, we would play. And and we would do, uh, we did, I remember we did Jackie Blue one night. Nice. And then we would do Hellbent for Leather. You know, and, that was the, and and we played everything, and it sounded authentic, and that was what I was so proud of the most was how we would turn, the, make these left turns, and it was it was uh, the core four, are Jeremy and I, and Jared Pope on drums, he's from Tom Kiefer's band, um, and Judd Fuller on bass, who's with Maggie Rose and Them Vibes, uh, and I played with Rodney Atkins on my country uh, guys, he was the bass player in that, and he played with Peter Wolf um, years ago as well, so. Oh, nice like we could do anything. I mean we could really like and, and and we we got to the point where I would love to I would love to order the, like make the set that order where we would do, you know, Ozark Mountain Daredevils and then we would do like, you know, an Accept song or something. It was it was always fun to do that.
0: But that was that's but see that to me is what music is all about is the variety. It doesn't have to just yeah. just be metal or pop or whatever.
4: Right. Like 70s rock radio, you'd hear Parliament Funkadelic and Stevie Wonder and then Thin Lizzy. You know, there was room yeah. for all that stuff. And that's kind of what our show, you know, represented, because we, we didn't just stick to one genre. We didn't do theme nights. We just did our thing. And our thing was a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but people always came and, and knew that you're never you're not going to walk in and hear a bunch of like hairspray stuff. And it's like we're, we do. We did. um we would do like uh, Dwight Twilley band. We'd do nice. Grateful Dead. You know, we would do all this different, all these like off the wall things that people would would not expect. And that was I loved it. That was my favorite part about it.
3: I think uh, what what you, what you just said, Phil. I have an ad in in Kisses in the ad, but it's it's for um, one of the local stations here in Michigan. That was from nineteen, I think seventy five or seventy six, okay. and a picture was of. Uh, the band Hot Chocolate, the I Believe in Miracles,
1: yeah. you know that? It was <laughs> yeah.
3: Hot Chocolate, I think Linda Ronstadt, Kiss, and, and Leo Sayer. And I'm yeah. like, that's how come, and I'm just saying this for the fact of the younger kids in the audience. That's what we, meaning people who are, I, I'm in my 50s. That's the, That was radio back you guys don't understand. It wasn't separated from metal to this. Or, I mean, you literally would hear Rhinestone Cowboy, and then you could hear Elton John, and then you would hear Queen, and then you'd hear Aerosmith yeah. all on the same channel in a mm-hmm. row. And that was normal. I mean, If you
2: want to experience that, listen to uh, 70s on 7 on Sirius XM. Yeah. I kid you oh, not. Yeah, exactly. T- today, they literally went from Rhinestone Cowboy into Boston. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. And, 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 and it that
4: was, was like
2: it. I loved it. It was absolutely perfect. It was. Like Seventies
3: One time, 70. I heard Muskrat Love into Calling Doctor Love. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but that's. But you're right. But you know, again, that was normal to us.
4: Yeah, it was all. It was so normal. And we <laughs> we talked to Gene about it, about how many just how many rock bands in the 70s there were we just started naming ones that weren't massive and 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 he was talking about how pretty much we were just saying how it was the bands that would open for them and and he goes there was room for everybody because they were all a little bit different it was all rock but there was room for for that for the thin Lizzy, for status quo for wishbone ash for marillion for for, all these different groups for mahogany rush you know all these things they were all. They could all have their thing, and and uh, and there was room. It wasn't like you know, like I don't know. It's just it's just different. You know, you can't ever repeat things because once you know the world, society changes, technology changes, information travels differently. Uh, but yeah, that was just a a special period in time where, just like you're saying, like the, the radio was important. DJs were important. You know, well, one were, of the
3: reasons so, though too that the radio was so cool is because clear channel didn't program everything. Exactly. It was all Each
0: day, again,
3: I remember I was fortunate enough that my, 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 my grandparents had a house in Florida and, and I, in the Lauderdale Miami area. And I remember I couldn't wait to get down there because they played different songs down there. than what we heard generally it was a totally different vibe. And I, I, yeah. I man i i remember like finding about new bands and stuff because they tended to play a lot more of the southern rock and like that was like the first time too that i heard like uh you know the outlaws and even in the late set or mid 70s first time i heard tom petty and i'm yeah. like what is that you know and then I, I went home and i and i bought i think it was you're gonna get it or whatever you know the uh i need to know and i'm like because they yeah. didn't play that Detroit at first. But I'm like, they played it's, in Miami. I didn't yeah. know at the time he was from Gainesville, which was you know, they were supporting their, their local
4: kids. It was regional. Yeah, every 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 station had their Johnny Fever that would play <laughs> whatever he liked. You know, it was like this, it would play his whatever he was at home. And you know, the longest song was gonna be the bathroom break. So you're gonna get yeah. like a long Working, uh, you know, Inagada Vida, Working man Way <laughs> to Heaven song on the record, <laughs> and you're going to hear that on the radio. So it's yeah, it was what a what a, what a cool time. I'm very, I'll say about this yesterday, how I'm very thankful to be my age and to to have some of that. That I remembered, I remembered how that was and how it used to be, and like have I have some of that in my memory that I got to experience, and I'm, I feel real lucky to to have that. And I wish we could
0: explain that to people that didn't get a chance to experience it because it literally has changed so much and there was something truly magical. Because I was thinking about that the other day too, just even with the KISS thing back in the 70s and not having any idea what they looked like.
4: All that... People don't understand. It's like, what do you mean? They didn't go on YouTube? and It's like, no, you never saw them. It was like if they were on TV, it was like... Kiss is going to be on TV. <laughs> it was a huge, mm-hmm.
3: it was a huge thing. I, Phil, I, perp- and these guys will remember this. When the end of the road tour started, Detroit's first date wasn't until March. And if you remember when it started, it started in what, February or
4: January. January. January, January, January yeah. January, yeah. The
3: very, very first leg. I purposefully would not watch any video. I didn't, I didn't want to <laughs> fucking know. I wanted it to be as old school as possible. Yep. Yeah, me too. Because people kept I emailing, like, "Oh, did you see this? Did you see?" I'm like, "Nah, I don't want to <laughs> know
4: anything. I didn't watch. I didn't know what the stage looked like. I didn't. I didn't want to know anything. I, I knew nothing, so yep, I, I, I wouldn't and death. death. Yeah. So
0: after you're doing this residency, you're picking up jobs in Nashville. How did the whole gene thing start?
4: That was Ryan Cook. Okay. That was that was knowing Ryan. So I've been buddies with I've been buddies with Ryan uh, for a while at that point. And he knew the McGee's, uh, McGee management, he knew Doc and Scott well. So he was kind of more in that than 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 we were. And so on one of the Kiss Cruises, well Big Rock show, his band with he and Jeremy, uh, they played every Kiss Cruise. So um. the Kiss guys were definitely aware aware of those aware of those guys. Just from the be on the cruises and everything, and so um, on one of them, uh, Gene had once with Ryan and asked him to put together a band for five shows. me five shows, so I guess that was going to be in 2017. So, Ryan's like, "Yeah, I got the guys now." So that was Gene was like, "I don't care who what they look like. I don't care who you get." So Gene knew nothing of us at all, but he trusted Ryan to put together a band of you know rock for hire guys. So that's how that happened.
2: So that and that into and, two and, years of work. And when, when Ryan called you and said that, what was the first thing that went through your head as a Kiss fan? First,
4: first, it was shock because I always thought it was going to be Paul that I'd get a gig with because Paul did solo stuff, right? And Gene had never done a solo tour with a band or even a show before, really, right. besides guesting somewhere. So at first, it was like Gene. And it was like, "Fuck yes, absolutely, I'll will <laughs> do that." You know, because the year prior, I left my um, last country gig that I played, so I'd kind of gone. I was like, you know what, I can do, I can do better than this, and play the music that I want, and do better for my, do at least as well money wise as I'm doing in this gig. Um, so it was about you know, the end of '16 uh, when. I got the news that next year we're going to be doing some shows with Gene. And, of course, it was just five. So it wasn't like, you know, I made it, you know, it wasn't anything like that. But uh, still, yeah, it was absolutely like, holy shit. And then, and then it was, oh, my God, how's he going to be to work with? Because we had no idea. We you know, Everybody's heard, heard the stories. And then, you know, we keep, you know, the, the, everybody knows now the history of what happened is he couldn't have been better. It's just like it was just it was the best thing in the world.
0: And the, one of the things I thought was very curious is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but looking back, I believe the first show you did with him, you did a lot more covers, Beatles songs, things like that. Right. Did he not realize that people like us as fans, not that the Beatles stuff was bad, but that we we were craving to hear his songs that he doesn't play—was that like a light bulb moment for him? Did you
4: guys have to explain this to him? Well, uh, the first show—the reason we did that was because it was a corporate, it was a corporate gig in Vancouver, so okay. it wasn't really in front of Kiss fans. It was for a captive audience that were there were speakers at this big, um, uh, like you know, entrepreneur executive kind of yeah. uh, okay. thing, C- CEO thing, huge deal that we uh, did. Trudeau was there and. Maria Shriver and Shatner and all these people were there and Gene was the keynote speaker. So that he didn't want to like unleash charisma and like, um, Christine, six, Christine, 16, yeah, 16, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like that stuff. <laughs> so we, so we did, uh, he wanted to do some like R and B covers that he liked. And so, it, so that was that one. So after that show was done and we're, I think in a coffee shop waiting, we're still in Vancouver. Uh, I think we're the, the, we're kind of like and Gene's doing his own thing, and we're uh, I think we're going to the airport or something in a coffee shop, and we get an email from Gene. It's like great first great first show, guys. What are some cool Kiss tunes that we can do for Cleveland? We're like, oh, 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 oh here we go. So it was it came from him, and then we just started firing back, and we never stopped firing back songs at him. So, um, so that's, how, that's how that started. And what was
2: what was his reaction? to what do you remember his reaction being to some of the songs you were firing back to him?
4: He was cool with everything. Uh the only ones we didn't do that we really wanted to, um Larger Than Life, we never did. I thought I had him uh I had I sold him on Rocket in the USA because he, he was okay so we did a gig and he was about to leave for a month in Europe with KISS. Now he was getting back he was flying from the last uh, Kiss gig, excuse me, to Philadelphia, where we had a gig the next day. So I'm like, Gene, I got an idea. So what we're gonna do. You're gonna be. In, you're gonna. You're in Europe for a month. You're gonna fly back to the USA, and you're gonna say how good it is to be back, and then we're gonna do Rocket in the USA. And he sat there and it's like, You don't think it's too poppy? I said, No, no, no. It's gonna be great. And he goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he nixed it when we got to the King of Philadelphia and I was like, damn it. That was going to be a perfect setup. I saw, yeah. it. Um, but we ended up doing that at a show, like a verse and a chorus. Cause we started toward like, you know, halfway through the, the time or whatever we would start like just starting shit. He would start calling songs out. What do you want to hear? And you really couldn't stump us with for most, for the most part. And so we would do a verse and then stop. He'd hear somebody yell something, and we'd play that for a second and stop. So we covered a lot of ground that way. Um, but no, he was really cool with. We um, we we played acrobat in rehearsal for Christ's sakes. You know, we I mean we did that, um, and we kept love theme in the set. So uh, no, he really wouldn't balk at anything. A lot of this 80s stuff that we would call out, he would just go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time we did say uh, we said oh uh, no 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 was was his answer.
0: Did you ever start just playing a couple songs and it just surprised him like it took him back where he hadn't thought about that for a while?
4: Yeah, and what was cool was like on Got Love for Sale," it was before, we started doing that when like first show in Cleveland. That was one of the ones that we did most shows the whole time, and he sang. The verses, in a different phrasing, the words were right, but he was singing them in a different a, way. We, we thought it was the wrong place. We get the vault, that's the demo version, because he'd been listening to the vault versions because he'd been kind of remastering that remixing. So he was singing it that way. It was right to him, but it wasn't the Love Gun version.
3: Right. Interesting. He did the same thing on the cruise when they did Larger Than Life.
4: His cadence was off. Is, yeah, and I think that's what it was. I'm, I'm assuming that I haven't gone back and listened to that, but that's what it was with Got Love for Sale. And it was like, oh, he was doing it right for the demo version. And Dom, with Domino, he, he would do Domino like that too, the demo. Were, 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 there, were there
2: songs you threw out at him that he couldn't remember?
4: The words he never even got right with big poster board on the on the ground <laughs> like any any of like the non-kiss staples like any of them. Jeremy has the best hi- handwriting of the three of us, so he he got he, we voted him to do uh, these big poster boards, right? So with the big lyrics out, and, you know, keywords and things like that. Uh, we didn't uh, do in, in their regular show, uh, and he would get them right like 5% of the time uh, or most right like sometimes we would do I and Paul comes in first right so one yeah. of us would but he would come in first so we would we're like what do we do now how do we fix this we just we'd truck on uh, but no once mu- musically he was always really good once we kind of like would would uh, would revisit it and we figured out the, the Jedi mind trick too at sound check if he was coming to sound check We'd kinda of get word or see if he's we see him him walk in the door, or walk about the dressing room, it's like, Okay, he's here. We'd start playing something that we'd want to add to the set and he'd come in and get his bass on and go, Oh, you know where I we you know where I stole that riff from was, was this song. We start talking about it, boom, it's in the set. So we was was,
2: was, was was there anything you were playing that he didn't even recognize as a kiss song?
4: No, no, it was he was good. Like musically, he would walk in and tell us a story about and where he, uh, where he took the riff from, like what he borrowed, what song he changed, and and then he'd do that, and then he'd go, can we like, can we get the words? And then Jeremy would write the words out on the thing, we, and then we'd do it. And it was it worked. And, and so and, I've been talking to other people in bands like that that have like a big one of their heroes. They do that too, and it works.
0: <laughs> that's funny. That's cool. Well, and those shows to me were so incredibly special and i'm really hoping that once this whole kiss thing is is done and they they're finished touring that he'll go back and do some of these and you guys will be back out on the road again
4: yeah we've he's we've all kind of kept in touch with him a little bit here and there and he's always like can't wait to see you guys again so you know I yeah. think we'll have shows afterwards so but, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the songs are too good not to be played it was a lot of fun, and he, and he really had a good time, and we had a good time. And, and any footage or any photo that you see of us from that, we're all grinning like that. <laughs> and it's, as we did that off stage too, I mean, we had so much fun with him playing. But then off in the in the ride to the hotel, or the ride to the airport, in an airport lounge, like we always were having fun, and it was real easy. And he appreciated how easy we were, and of course i'm sure he likes not getting all the stuff on you know it's kind of wearing his regular wearing that that wet that skull shirt to to every show that he always wears and i'm sure he dug like the kind of ease and and casual feel of the whole thing too
0: but i would think also because you guys are all so laid back and easy there's no drama because i think that would be the worst part is the drama piece
4: and there's there's none and he was just he was the greatest guy to hang out with he would We always gave him his own space, obviously, his own dressing room, his own trailer, because he was doing meet and greets and things like that. But always, never failed, every time we'd be in our room, and it'd be Gene. He'd go, what are you guys doing in here? I got way more places to sit in my room. So we'd go, he'd pull us in there, and we'd eat together and talk, and it was great. He was really, really, really... I've never been treated that well in like an artist gig. It's like you're playing, backing up somebody, you know, the so-and-so band by far never been treated like so much like a peer by him. I've never played with somebody that like famous before, you know, so it's nice to
0: hear too. It seems to
4: me
2: that, that his approach to the shows and the shows themselves were less about achieving perfection and more about just getting up there and rocking and having fun.
4: It, it, they were, and given the fans, like the fans got on stage every single show. That happened every night. It would be the, the guys' song, the girls' song, and then the Everybody Together song, rocking all night. And that's what he – it had to happen. If the promoter was balking, it'd be like, nope, you're going to figure out some way to do it. It had to happen. Even, if, even if, like when we do like stadium, outdoor stadium shows, even in like – Bolivia and South America, we'd get all these people on stage. Um, that was a, that was a for sure, like, nope, you're doing that. You're making it happen. So, That's cool. So,
2: so yeah. how, how did, so you, you go from the Gene Simmons band to the Ace Fraley band. <laughs> what, what was that moment like where all of a sudden you were told, what, I'm going to be Ace Fraley's band?
4: Well, the Australia tour was booked and postponed and then when it was actually happening the phone call came that ace was going to open for the the australian tour holy fuck this is going to be an amazing tour and you're backing him up too holy fuck this is going to be an amazing tour so that there was the same call and it was like Ace is playing. you guys are his band as well for this and that it started for just Australia and Japan because Ace had booked uh, there's Japan shows after that and once You do that together because you're already kind of there, right? I mean, it is a nine-hour flight, but it's not a 15-hour flight or whatever So you're already kind of like on that side of the world So it was just logistics for Ace to come over with like, you know, one guy like, you know PJ with his for his guitars and stuff and so it wasn't his whole band so that was what that was how the whole thing started um, and then I think in Australia, he asked us to do the cruise with him. And then after the cruise were these, was the Florida, the few Florida shows that were happening. And then, so it was then like, what well, do you guys, you guys want the gig? It's you, if you guys want to do it, it's, it's yours. So it was, was a s- lot from Gene too. Gene was kind of like, Gene kind of handed us over, you know, we definitely had his blessing on the whole thing. So,
0: but it was the right move at least from my perspective as a fan and seeing different shows over the years. And that's not taken away from anybody that was in any of the other bands. I'm not saying that, but I, my personal opinion was this changed things because I look, I'm not a musician, so I don't know how to say this, but it seems like when you guys play the songs, there's a lot more authenticity to the original version of the song and in, in some of the other live shows they've seen, it just kind of goes off in this weird direction, you know? Yeah, it was with
4: us, even with Gene, we were very, um, I mean, because we if we wouldn't saw a band doing, like, if we wouldn't saw a Gene show and it wasn't us and the guitar player didn't play the A solo, I'd be pissed off. Yeah. So, so that was one thing with us. We always really stuck to the record version because we did have three guitars so right. we could do something different than what Kiss normally does live. We could actually do it like the record. If there's three guitar parts, and so with solos, it was very important. Like we're gonna play the solos right. We're gonna play the songs how they go. We're gonna sing the right parts. We're gonna play the right parts. Um, and we took that into Ace as well. You know, I would never think about, you know, doing some slap bass funk thing and just to show off in the middle of Rip It Out or whatever, you know, and it's like, and the guys wouldn't either. We all are like, no, the song goes like this. Play it like it goes.
0: Right, and it just, at least from my perspective, it felt like it just started to kind of get sloppy from the lack of a better term to use, you know, because I remember seeing one of the shows, this is way before you guys, and they opened up with Rip It Out, but I swear to God, one of them was playing Rip It Out and the other one was playing Rocket Ride oh (laughs) yeah i'm just like are we even on the same page here so for me when i found out that you guys were going to do this i'm like okay this is going to be great and then you really proved me right because of how solid all of it was because i felt that it was a little unfair for the beating that he took on the kiss cruise because for me those Shows that you guys did were the best part of the whole cruise. And then again, not taking away from the Kiss shows or Bruce. Bruce's stuff was phenomenal.
4: Yeah, but
0: was hearing, yeah, but hearing, you know, some of those songs like Save Your Love, I'm just like, this is freaking amazing. And yeah. I don't care if it was perfect or not from the vocal standpoint, where maybe a line was forgotten or some words, it was fucking magic. That was
4: a lot of new, new material. Uh, I mean, not new material, but a lot of stuff he didn't normally do. We because we rehearsed for that um, the day or day before we left, or whatever. Um, but yeah, there was like so many tunes that we haven't touched since then, and it was a lot of a lot of material t- to chew off. But yeah, I mean, you know, Dark Light never been played. You know, we had that one. We had. Um, Two sides of the two sides of the coin. We did that. Yeah.
0: One. Um, Although you were singing three, that was awesome.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we had to do that. We had to do that. And, um, and we opened with "Save Your Love." We opened that first. Uh, cool I know. "Save Your Love." And I was like, Tommy crazy. and I lived it. Yeah, it was so cool. Like when we hit "Donna, Donna," yeah! yeah. Everyone's going crazy. Well, going, so, it was magic. So it was freaking
0: magic.
2: So what what happened after the cruise that that Ace's set list kind of reverted back to the same old.
4: Yeah, we were we kind of expected not to, to keep all of that. Stuff. We wanted to to keep some of some of them. You know what? I, Tor- I thought Torpedo Girl went really well, and we play everybody played it and sang it really well. So well, cool, we can keep that one. Maybe keep you know one of the other ones in the soul. Maybe keep speeding back. You know, it's that's, that's always one. Yeah. And it just kind of went. It just kind of went back into. You know what we did in Japan, and uh, and we've, you know, we we got what did we get in? We got Shein recently, so we're it's it's trying. It's not as as easy of a process as it was with Gene because with Gene it was just like sure we'll try it. So you know it's trying to get some stuff in there with uh, with Ace. Um, I'd 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 still love to do the tour where we come out do some songs do the whole 78 solo record because it's 35 minutes long mm-hmm. you can yes. do record, and then you can come back out and do more of his hits you can cram that in the middle make that your centerpiece of your show yes and then you know come out and and do some more of the yeah because you know what
2: what we've always said here is because you know we've all been to ace shows and it's like it's it's great it's ace fraley but i'm going to an ace fraley show i don't want to hear detroit rock city at an Ace Fraley show. I want to hear Ace's solo material or Ace's mm. kiss songs. You know? Yeah. And and, right. and 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 I think a I think a lot of fans kind of feel that way. It's like, all right, it's great. It's great what you're doing, but man, this is your show. And I'm coming to see Ace Fraley. Give me some of the Ace Fraley stuff. i la like what Gene does where he digs in and he's he's playing the deep cuts. Hey, Ace. Go to look at all the solo albums you've got. Pull something off of many of those albums.
4: Yeah, insane was in the in the group for the cruise yeah. that, we, uh, that we didn't do, but uh, there's been a few of those uh, sister I think coming around yeah. too. Sister's great. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind really since we have the time now. I wouldn't mind really like getting up, uh, you know, some new. Uh, I know at the, the the Kiss Cruise Fest isn't happening anymore, but at the Cruise Fest there was going to be a section of fan picked songs. So I would love to, at this time, maybe, like, get a set. You know, of course, you got to – and you want to play the big ones, Parasite, Cold Gin. Those are never going away. Yeah. Rip it out. But throw, you know, trade some. Like with Gene, we never did the same set twice. Right. We would just – we'd move tunes around. Take this one out. Tomorrow it's back. We'd do that. So I'd love to do that in in this situation, too. There's so many great tunes to choose from that you can't. You know. Well, that, yeah, like
3: Nick said, that's the disappointing part because I want to hear shot full of rock. I
1: Yeah, mean,
3: I, 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 that is to me the quintessential Ace in your face hard rock and song. And I'm like, you just abandon it. And I'm like, come on, man. That there's, that's, there's that a lot, lot of
4: cool stuff. P- I think I think wasn't it, isn't it Trouble Walking coming out for record store day? Like that because yeah, something I, cool. there's something
3: something trouble walking related is is the record store day thing.
4: Yeah, that'd so people cool like record. something like that's it's something cool like that, and even off like the newer records like uh, I thought I told you I came from out of space. Oh, I love that. That's dude. how I love that
0: song. Like I know, yeah. really cool and, and, and from my perspective, I know you've got to do cold gin and and all of that, and I'm fine with that. I just yeah. any one of those things that you guys are talking about. Even the seventy eight solo record, just not Detroit Rock City not or Love Goose. Gun. Not Love, yeah, Love what, Gun
2: Yeah, what 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 is Ace Fraley playing Love Gun for? That's a yeah. that, that's likes, a Paul Stanley song. Yeah, he likes the solo,
4: but well, but, but you but know yeah, yeah, the solo is
3: awesome. The solo's was, yeah. awesome, but
2: you know that, that 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 brings up an interesting idea of like listen, I saw I saw Kiss with Ace Fraley in Australia for the farewell tour. And that's when Ace started doing these jams at the end of the night that initially were throwing Gene and Paul a curveball but became something. Uh Ace, do a jam. Just jam the solo from Love Gun. Jam the solo from Detroit Rock City. You don't have to do the whole song. Take three minutes and jam five songs.
4: I always like medleys. When bands do medleys, you know, combine like... Like uh, Kulik, Bruce, uh, the Bruce guys were doing that on the last cruise. They did a Carnival of Souls medley and a Hot in the Shade medley. Yep. I always love doing that. It's always fun to put things together like that too, and challenging to you know pick a few tunes and go, okay, how are we going to segue from all this stuff?
0: Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean,
4: we, we all want to do it. You know, it, mm-hmm. it is. It definitely isn't uh, us like you know uh, road blo- blockading the thing. Uh, we no. definitely, definitely would love to. Well, and um, so from a fan's- well, and from sure a fan's perspective well from a fan's perspective too
0: it's like watching you sing um uh strange ways great that's awesome he doesn't have to sing every i don't care about that do getaway i just do oh, stuff that is. Yeah, yeah just love to yeah so you keep you tell
4: them three sides we're just like I, come on man my number one one is uh escape from the island because it's great it It'd give him a vocal break too. It's like, well, nobody sings that song. We can we can, we can do that, you know. Yeah. And it's killer. I mean, that's what, what well, a great how, tune. how
2: how does Ace compare to Gene when it comes to pitching new material, wanting to do material, learning the new material? It seems to yeah. me they're kind of polar opposites.
4: Yeah, I, I, Ryan Cook puts this puts this the best way. The only thing those two guys have in common is they were in the same band together, <laughs> <laughs> which is I, I can't put it any more perfectly than, than Ryan does when he says that. So yeah, with Gene again, Gene really anything we threw at him, um, pretty much he would go, "Okay, let's get the words and we'll we'll we'll, we'll try it." it was super easy. Anything you, you try with Ace. It's more of a, you know, it's trying to get him, because we're, we're we're not with him a lot. Right. Uh, with Gene, we were with Gene all the time, so we had time to ramp stuff. It was like, you know what song I love? We should try this one, you know? Okay. Ladies Room, we should try. Sure. Um, with Ace, we're pretty much with Ace on deck. You know, he comes in for the show, and we see him, and then we, you know, talk for a second and play, and then we split. Um, so it's kind of got to go through the chain of command. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we definitely... Don't shy away from, like, hey, let's try this. You know, when we did the 78 record in Jersey, like, we did all those tunes pretty well, man. I was really hoping, like, Ozone would stay.
3: Tommy, like, you're
4: not, uh, Tommy,
0: your mic's not on.
4: You're muted. No, no, we're good. Keep going. I
0: No, I was just saying, I thought that was magical, too. I was there for that as well. That was, was the, so,
4: like, in need of love. Like, some of that stuff was so great that we played, and it, it pulled, and, and it, sounded really well like it was of course well received because you know we were doing a piece like <laughs> that front to back that it's pretty much everybody's favorite solo record for the most yes. part
3: oh yeah
4: um and so yeah we we're really hoping like cool we can tour on this and, and and make that at least pull a bunch of tunes from it it didn't happen so we're like what oh, was it he was he cool.
2: like after it was done was he just not excited about it
4: i don't know because we we uh it was really fun rehearsing for those shows because we rehearsed two days in jersey leading up to it and that was great because we were in a tiny room like as big as my like living room we were not at sir we were we were a place in uh, Parsippany, like close to our president new jersey and just super loud just you know just screaming loud just to, you know just it was great to be in that in that kind of a situation with a guy like that it was awesome and we worked really all of us worked really really hard and he told great stories about all the tunes in there um and the show was great but those two days of rehearsals were really special but we really did work hard and um got everything together that's why i thought that we were going to keep some of that stuff because of the work that we all put into it a secluded was like we had all done our homework and walked in and would really really stopped and really worked parts over and over and over again until they until they felt right and um, for whatever reason yeah it just didn't happen maybe next year maybe we we'll get it next year.
2: <laughs> Did when, when when with regards to Gene did you ever pitch Gene on doing an entire album whether it was his 78 solo album or picking you know let's do let's do, do the debut that. album or let's do Dress
4: to kill I don't think I don't think we ever pushed I don't think we ever went uh went for that I don't think so I wanted to do I always wanted to do more stuff off of his solo record. I like his record a lot. A um, Burning Up with Fever. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do. Uh, we did mess with that one, and we messed with his. Uh, we messed with the Gene solo version of See You in Your Dreams um, at rehearsal one time, and uh, so yeah, I was kind of wanting to pull some more of those out. We did See You Tonight once in Cleveland. Um, Radioactive was a was a was a staple. Uh, but yeah, I kind of would have wanted to do more of those tunes. I well, like those songs. Do you,
2: Do you think Gene would ever be interested in the idea of of taking something and making it heavier, a la you know, hey Gene, let's take something off of Unmasked, but not play it true to the song, but let's play it like a real rock band would play it.
4: We did uh, World Without Heroes. A few times with him and that uh was a different arrangement just because there's no string no keyboards it where a lot of guitar i kind of i made a little uh, mock arrangement on my garage band at home when we started talking about doing that song and um I sent it to him, and like the the don't know what you're after had this don't 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 guitar harmony don't dun, dun harmony thing right there, and then he emailed back he's like that's really good. He's like reminds me of the Eagles, <laughs> so it uh it did have kind of a witchy woman feel a sound I think uh to it. But we did that. That that one definitely was heavier. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that we did um we did she's so european but we pretty much did it like the record but when we played stuff like that even like charisma it amped up the three tars. we bumped we pumped up the tempos a little bit too like charisma was a little faster and felt a lot better live um and with the anniversary of dynasty just this past week i was watching footage of us doing charisma fuck we kicked the shit out of that song (laughs) everyone i found was just like we were on fire with him i just every time every time in, the, in my face of memories uh, a clip pops up i'll always watch it and it's like man, it always sounds so good it's like this huge smile on my face it's, it's, the the shows were great the band was on fire and we just couldn't have been having a better time um that was just an incredible two years just that you know straight. that was
2: what was beautiful about gene solo shows that I I I didn't get a chance to see any of them because you no know, shows were out here on the West Coast, but yeah. you know oh, watching watching care. the set list or watching on YouTube, you literally had no idea as a fan what was going to show up because after the first couple shows, you all of a sudden realize, oh man, he's he's mixing it up, he's going deep. What's going to be in this next next one? Which, you yeah. know, and, and I don't want this to be. A negative towards Ace, but that's exactly opposite of Ace's shows. It's sort of like I'm going into Ace's shows. I know what I'm getting.
4: Yeah, Fitz, uh, Brent Fitz called that heads up hockey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that like that. And we do, and that and that was fun. It definitely kept you on your toes because there was the element of surprise every second with with the Gene show. And but but with the Ace show, I, I, I do like playing rehearsed rock shows too, where it's a, you know, boom, 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 you know, song, 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 talk, song, 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 talk, right. You know, like that. That's also nice too, because you know what's coming. Um, but I do like both, you know, it's, they're just very different. Um, but this was the first time for Gene to do something like this. And he definitely didn't, his goal was not to put on a kiss show. So that's where he brought in the element of surprise, the, Uh, the unexpectedness to bringing the people making it very crowd inclusive you know like you're with us and you know he's very um did not want to put on a regular typical concert was not was not in his uh, agenda at all
2: yeah it seems like he really gets what the fans want
4: yeah it was because we'd always walk up there and some nights we'd be on. If he was really chatty, we'd be over an hour and a half, you know. If he started talking, and we'd we'd you know we'd, we'd play the first song, and get done, and he'd go, "All right, we're not going to waste time. We're not going to talk a lot." Squirrel, and we'd start. He would, he would just start. <laughs> up. And it was like any anybody that yelled anything, he'd go, "I can't hear you, sir. What'd you say?" I still can't. He would talk to whoever in the crowd would talk back to him, and it was, uh, but that was always fun. And that was one of the things that we always talk
0: about here on the show is is do they, meaning the guys in the band, understand what is important to us as fans? So it's a great perspective to hear from you that he does get it because I like those songs and I want to hear them. It's not just the makeup. It's not just the costumes and all the other stuff that goes along with it. At the end of the day, if the music was awful at least for me, I wouldn't be here.
4: Totally, yeah. it's like without it's, it's, you know without the fake, it's no fiddle or whatever Paul says about the, that thing. but <laughs> you're you're right. if if all they had all that stuff and they couldn't write songs, we wouldn't be here and, and yep. I wouldn't have a closet full of t-shirts of, of, of the band. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's like it's all great, great songs. and they have to continue uh, and you know with the gene shows, he knew who the crowd was. It was kind of a Kiss Cruise crowd, you know, and so they know they can get away with those tunes. Because when you when I went to three shows on end of the road, I think this tour, and every time, every night, every show, when Paul goes, "Who's here for the first time?" Over half, oh the yeah, exactly, crowd there, right? yeah. Like that's the majority fan going to see the band at that point. So I do understand why they do keep their set list kind of like that. And they'll throw it, they'll throw an oddball, ball maybe every once in a while. Um I was tickled that a hundred thousand years was in there. That was kind of like, wow. That, okay. Good one. If you're going to pick one, that's a great one. to well, pick. Well,
2: I'll, um, I'll tell you when, when they, when they went into the tears are falling, I was like, holy crap. That's yeah. great.
4: Yeah. That one too. Uh, and uh, do, and do, do you love me? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. great. You know, some of those, cause there's like, it's funny cause there's the ones the huge ones, there's the deep cut, still the huge ones, and then there's the real deep cut ones. Like, Do You Love Me is kind of a deep cut, huge one. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, it's like one of the uh, one of the tweeners in there. Yeah, it's I still, don't like, think with... had that made the cut
3: on Alive 2, it would have brought it more into prevalence because it's such totally. a great song. It, totally, it really,
4: yeah. it, really, it really is. We did that one with Gene, and it was always a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's it, a great one. And, you know, I'm fine with the set
0: list. I know there's a lot of people who are still unhappy with it, but in reality it makes sense because it covers the whole history of the band and to Michael's point and yours as well. 100,000 years, you're excited about that. Michael's excited about Tears of Falling. Every era is means something different to every person, so you have to cover all of it. You just have to. Well, yeah. you, know, you know, one of the songs,
3: and this is obviously for future, um, I am a sucker for the song Within. I love that song off of Psycho Circus. That, that song is I, I, lyrically and mood-wise, and I, I love I actually love the the extended solo that Ace put in, and the live version. It's mm-hmm. uh, that, that's such a cool tune. I, I don't know if you guys ever went that kind
4: of, I don't know what you guys thought of that record or that, but I think that's I like- a gem. That's a good tune. I, everybody likes Evil Gene, and that was a good Evil Gene, like Unholy. That was a good, like, Demon Gene song. It yep. was a great one like that. I, I'd and, even um, go a
3: step further, the song
4: Hate off of Carnival of Souls. Somebody somebody did yell that at one of the shows in the front row, and he goes, okay, you're insane.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell you, though, that riff and that drum part is just the, the shit, shit, man. That, that you know That's another one of those songs where you're, that's Evil Gene. I mean yeah. that.
1: Yeah,
3: that song it's, it's, is badass.
4: Everybody, everybody likes that. It's like when, when I remember when Unholy came back out. It's like, oh, there he is. You know, oh, where you have you been? Yeah. On, on,
3: uh, I remember I went to a bunch of shows on the 04 tour, and that song just worked i that's it, right yeah they did it in
4: 04 i saw yeah. that, that true? yeah, yeah.
3: It, it was like the perfect makeup song it really it really was it's except cool. gene it's didn't mean. sing the the high part he kept it on hold you know he
4: didn't yeah yeah know. i don't know we did uh we did part of unholy a few times we did definitely start that one um and one of uh, thou shalt not, we started the consumption. Uh, so you, 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 know, you God, know what other
2: What, what awesome. other gene I, I would it. love to hear? I'd love to hear Beatles gene. We are one. It, we are yeah. one, I think yeah. would be awesome to hear at least once.
4: Yeah. We were it's funny we are one story. I was in uh, Prague. Uh, a couple years ago rehearsing with except for the very for the bakken show this is before i was i was only playing this little section of the bakken show and we were in the van on the way back from rehearsal to the hotel and it's me and christopher in the van were sitting there and this this Czech radio station is playing we are one with <laughs> <laughs> all songs I'm like is that what i think it is i know <laughs> right I totally weird, get this. Chris weird. is your drummer,
3: and he's a huge fucking Kiss fan. Oh man,
4: he was the thing. Peter Chris and our Kissmas fan. I mean, it was he—he yeah. uh, he rebuilt the Destroyer kit by hand, <laughs> all all pieces to Peter's specs. Tuned the drums the same. Yeah, that guy's. Then he then he bought Peter's reunion kit. So yeah, yeah the guys on on another level of, of uh, fandom. But uh, but yeah, it's um, so we're talking about. Oh, you know what, Gene song? I I would have loved to have done, and it's almost my favorite Gene, non makeup kiss tune or, or kissed on makeup tune. Secretly cruel.
1: Oh
3: yeah, oh yeah. That one guy. Did you hear that one guy's version? The double
4: whatever. Double Virgo. That's oh, that unbelievable. Yeah. I kind of like. I like the song, and then I heard that guy's version, and I, I we played that for Gene actually, and he loved it. And um, and then I went back to listen. to the song is the best too. It's it could be on Rock and Roll Over. It's, it has that same feel. It's I I love that song so much. I would have loved to have done that one. Do you, you ever Gene. joke?
2: You ever joke with Gene and ask him to do Burn Bitch Burn?
4: Oh, absolutely all the time, all the time. He was like, <laughs> I got so much shit from that one lyric, you know. And also another one I wanted to do. There's a version of Not for the Innocent with Gene and Paul doing yeah. the back and forth yeah. vocals. Yeah. Fuck man, I wanted to do that with like us trading off verses with Gene. That was a great version of that song.
0: That would be cool.
4: Yeah, yeah I love that tune anyway. But what's that on? The the, the like back it, and forth. Well,
3: that that's a, well. It's originally on "Lick It Up," but the demo was just just that. It was the demo. You know, it was never officially released. But you're absolutely right. That that demo. You know, that's funny because that song. You want to talk about evil Gene songs? But yeah. the version with Paul singing, I always thought that should have been on Creatures of the Night. It would have just fit perfectly.
4: It's um, a good. It's a yeah. It could have been either way. that might have been left over. I wonder if that was left over too. When when was it written? I wonder.
3: I, I, it's right around that you know that yeah. wheelhouse there. But what hmm. a great great yeah. That is oh, that's one of those great great demos. That one, uh, is fantastic.
4: Yeah, yeah we were doing that well. together one day.
0: And that's the nice thing too is you just have so much material to pick from, you know. I'm like
4: the, yeah, and the baby the baby driver demo that sounds like Easy Top. Yeah, that was, that uh-huh. was with with Gene kind of going, no, baby, no, you know," like the <laughs> I lo- that's so cool. I love hearing that stuff. It's like hearing old Beatles outtakes. Like if, I'm a big Beatles nerd, and all oh. those big legs of them doing like, well, here's take thirty seven of "I Want You," she's so heavy, and they took take yeah. 36 and comped it with take. 28, you know, all that stuff. I love it, that stuff. It's amazing
0: how many CDs worth of outtakes there are of the Beatles songs. It's almost mind blowing. It's, I mean, volume after volume after volume. Like you said, one CD is just, you know, one song, you yeah. know, and, and hearing them work it up.
4: Yep, I got the Abbey Road Deluxe one that has all the two CDs of extra stuff, and that doesn't even crack the surface of what of that record sessions. You know, just two CDs and all that stuff. It's just they just ran tape constantly.
2: Did Did Gene ever show any interest in in doing a solo album with you guys?
4: No, he never did. I think new music to him is pretty much pointless. Point you're not going to make any money, and I kind of get it. I mean, it does take. It takes, you know, I mean, uh, it takes effort to write songs and put songs together and and all that stuff. And I kind of, I kind of get it. I get it, you know. And I mean, nobody would. People kind of, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this boat too. If I'm going to go see a Gene Simmons show, I want to see like, you know, sure, mainline or all the. I want to see like old tunes that you, you don't know? get to normally hear. Exactly. So yeah. I, I, we, I mean, we, I mean. Uh, it, it kind of came up, Not we never did say it, but it, but I kind of, you know, we all know his feelings on it. So, yeah, I, I understand. I get it. So
0: where are you sitting now with everything? Tell us what you have been dealing with and also friends of yours that are musicians. I mean, we're sitting still trying to get back to normal from the whole COVID thing. Do you see any dates at all this year with Ace or, or
4: anything that you're going to be doing? Man, I don't think so. I don't think I'm gonna be doing anything till like, till 2021. Uh, there's a couple things booked, and um, uh, except had some U.S. dates rescheduled for September. Um, but I mean, if they're if they still stay on the books, I'll be there. Uh, but I don't think they'll I don't think they'll happen. It just seems kind of soon that for, for like Labor Day weekend for that kind of thing to happen. Um,
1: yeah.
4: So I, I don't I mean I'm not planning on working doing these shows till 2021. Um and to be totally honest, I'm kind of okay. I've been really I've been really, really, really busy and just productive of my own projects. Like I was like, okay, well I can learn video editing. Okay, great. I can yeah. upgrade my recording software and start recording and I'm um actually we're uh, I'm recording some parts for the new accept record at home. Okay. I'm in a Dropbox folder and, you know, it, I'd love to be sitting with the guys doing this. But luckily, uh, with technology, we can all kind of record remotely. And, you know, I can put an idea in the Dropbox and talk to Wolf, talk to Andy about it. And then they'll say, try this, 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 great. Put another one in. You know, it's kind of, you know, that, that's still happening. Uh, so hopefully like, next year is going to be like an even busier year. We'll, we'll be trying to make up for some lost uh, for some lost steam from this year, so that'll be great. But I've been really—I mean, to my right is a green screen on my on my on one of my walls in my living room, and uh, I'm going to start doing promo uh, promo videos for Mutt Merch. Um, I can do my own photo shoots in here now, so I can I can do a lot of things myself. Edit the videos myself, edit the photos, record the music myself. I can kind of like if I'm going to be working in here for the rest of the year. I'm going to get a lot of work done and it's going to be professional grade work, you know,
0: which is amazing how things have changed because here you are working on video editing. You can do professional photos. You can record parts to a record that's going to be released. I mean, that's got to be so nice. And you don't
2: have to get out of your lazy boy to do any of it.
4: I can, tell you, I can I have no pants on right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just like Mark. <laughs> I mean it really is. I mean this every this has sucked and in so many ways, but it doesn't suck as bad as it could have thanks to technology. We can do this. I can yeah. FaceTime my friends, my parents, uh, keep up with them. Uh, keep some kind of working going. I'm teaching Skype. I'm teaching remote guitar lessons. Um, you know, I'm doing major, major overhaul to my clothing line. Um, all kinds of new things going to be, be happening with that in a couple of weeks. So I've had all this time and 41 days sober. Yay. Um, all right. So good I, for you. I've had, all this, I've had all this time and this clear head to do all these projects I've kind of been wanting to do. Now I have, like, the positive attitude and all this brain space that I can, I can – used for you know good instead of the dark side. So, but don't you also believe,
0: though, that it's your attitude? And I'm not talking about the sober piece. That's awesome. I'm just talking about the piece of actually going, all right, this sucks, but I'm not going to just sit around and do nothing. I'm going to accomplish something,
4: whatever it is, with Absolutely. this time I have. Absolutely. Uh, it, for me that kicked off, that was the sober part about a week into it. My attitude first few weeks of this, but I'm not preaching at all trust, I'm not at all, but the first few weeks of this were not pretty at all for me. It was a box of wine a day for weeks. Uh, and then it was, I just was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to emerge from this better than when I entered into it. And so for me, that just means getting healthy again, Uh, And being productive and learning new things, Uh, you know, like a video. I'd love to be able, I'd love to be a video editor, like do freelance video editing. I'm only, I've done three projects now on it. Um, Two of them you've seen, which was the, uh, She Wants to Stay Inside, that one. Yeah, that was
0: fantastic.
4: Got to choose. I did those. And I did a new video for this group I'm in called The Tummies. It's very um, early Beatles sounding. So just did a video for them. Uh, it's coming out soon, and I really love it. I think I'm kind of good, even though I don't know what the fuck I'm doing yet with it. But it's just fun to mess around with. So I'd love to do that, um, and just kind of just like I said, I want to ter- do a lot with Mutt merch, my clothing line. That's my that's my main focus now, kind of, along with recording for the Accept record. So it's a lot of good things um, that are just kind of like you know brought on that you can make for yourself. Like, all right, what am I going to do? If it's learning a new language or something, you know, just do something. You can With this time, you can do a side hustle or you can learn a new thing or, or do something, you know. I like that, a side Phil, hustle. Phil, um, Mark
2: and I are, are big Accept fans, and I'd love to have you chat a little bit about joining Accept. I mean, th- you know, yeah. you, you, you go from the Gene Simmons solo band to the Ace Fraley solo band to Accept, that's got to be, that whole thing, you've got to sit back and go, what the
4: fuck? Yeah, that was a good couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool. But uh, but no, it, I, I'm really glad they asked me because I was only a fill-in um, guitar player on the little Valken section. And then last year, um, in the spring, they were doing a full tour of Europe and Eastern Europe with a symphony. And it was going to be half classical pieces, half accept songs. That was in my, my first time playing actual accept tunes with the band, with those guys. And then so it went so well. I think it was six weeks altogether. And it went so well. I um, got along with everybody. The whole organization, the crew, and everybody was just outstanding. And talk about fucking pro and great to be around. And everybody did their job well. And I was really sad when it came to the end of it. It's like. Not gonna a lot of the a lot of them, yeah, the crews in Germany, a lot of the crews in Germany and I liked them and they're like, you know, it's like well, this guy's gonna be gone. I think we got home from it and kind of Wolf was like, Hey, you wanna meet at the Thai place we always meet at by his studio? I was like, sure. So I went there and he was like kinda of like asked me like, do you wanna join? I was kind of like I was hoping you'd ask me to dance. <laughs> I, I really want to go with you. Uh, but Excellent. yeah, it was really great. It just so so then they added me into the mix. So now we're the six pack. We're three guitar players strong. Which is so cool. it's me and these three guitar bands, you know now, and uh, uh, which well, is
0: great. For such a great drummer too, and oh, a yeah. super nice guy. Oh, and,
2: so. and, 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 and Wolf is just such a an absolute legend of, of a metal and guitarist.
4: Completely. And and it was it's a great metal band for me to be in because it's like acdc metal because they still they had that my favorite era of metal is you know mid 70s late 70s when it still had swagger like those priest records from that time in the mm-hmm. early 80s are fucking incredible because it was rock riffs and it was you, you move your hip you almost dance to it you know it wasn't like just you know it wasn't like right 16th kick drums you know it was like yeah it was sexy and so for me to be in a metal, like I love that that stuff. For me to be in a metal band like that, and their new records have that element still. They have that shoulder shimmy, you know, like that stuff. And uh, it was a great fit, like just for me to be in a band. And I haven't been in a band in decades. You know, I mean, I really haven't been. It's like I'm in band photos. It's like that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Philip shouts of um, except that's strange. That it's like not you know so so and so plays for so and so, Um, so that's still a weird thing for me to get over just because it's been my entire professional career has been side guy.
2: So have you You have you have have you ever sat down with Wolf and pulled out the Kiss geek and you and go all right Wolf talk to me about touring with Kiss on the Lick It Up tour.
4: Oh yeah yeah and uh, and Gene uh, because we would mention except because Christopher was there and he would like. You know, their first U.S. tour, we got them on in 1884. But uh, but yeah, yeah, Wolf and Gabby, Gabby always tells good stories because Gabby goes way uh, back. Gabby, Gabby Hoffman goes way back. She was the person Neil Bogart chose to break them in Europe yes. in 76. So, Interesting. So that when they still had the, when they, and that, and that point they hadn't changed the S's mm-hmm. yet it was still it was still the logo so gabby is is trying to push this band and um yeah her stories are are, are great are really really killer she she goes way back with them um and has great stories about that whole time so i didn't know that until uh we were in uh somewhere in germany in a hotel we were camping out there for a while for rehearsals and she started talking and my mouth dropped it's like you're kidding me Did i was you? like i had no fucking idea
2: did you know that for a short period of time glickman marks managed except in the late 80s
4: no i didn't yes oh yes. wow for, when, so was that balls was that balls and wire?
2: no no that's no. when oh, uh, that's actually i think when udo left and maybe david reese was brought in <gasps> because the label oh, okay, wanted okay. them to become more of an american band and and, and I remember a conversation with her where she mentioned for a very short period of time, Glickman Marks was in the picture.
4: No shit. I didn't, I didn't know that at all. Wow. Wow. Y'all have to ask him that, but yeah, I always talk about that stuff and just cause except I mean, they're from what a great era oh, I mean, yeah. and great continent to be from at that, at that time. I mean, they played with everybody at, at their peak yeah like all these bands were all huge, priest, maiden, except all these monster bands were there. Um, and yeah, they were, they were one they were in that group, you know what a what a cool thing.
0: Well, hopefully you'll be able to get out there and tour with them now this next year again,
4: yeah, 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 I'm pretty sure like next year, I think everybody's counting on a a pretty busy year. Um, I was supposed to be in Europe now uh doing um doing festivals and getting ready to do some good shows over there, but um. But yeah, but the good thing is the record can stay pretty much on schedule. Um, and then, you know, next year was already going to, you know, be a, a good touring year for us anyway. And hopefully that will stay. Hopefully more will be added.
2: Can you so, uh, can you talk anything about the sound and direction of the new album?
4: Man, the stuff I've heard absolutely kicks ass. And two of the songs are in my favorite of except songs of the whole catalog. Oh, sweet.
3: Watch. Well, Killing that's a right there. That was a band that I was in a lot of it. Was they... Oh yeah. It's oh, I, I love, I love the breaker record. And, and to me, um, restless and wild probably, if not one of the greatest metal albums in there's not an ounce of fat of that record. It was no. funny when you said you guys are doing the, uh, with the symphony. And the first thing I thought of was, I'm like, Oh my god, I gotta hear Princess of the Dawn with a fucking orchestra. Oh behind man, it. that
4: was that was one of the best ones. I mean oh, really would it have to be. A- I
3: tell you what, that song by all right, anybody who's never heard Princess of the Dawn, in the true sense of the word ballad, I think that's the greatest metal ballad ever. And when I say ballad, I don't mean, you know, some wimpy fucking get that that just that 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 beat you could fucking, you know you know set a clock it is so perfect
4: that record it's so perfect it's so great that the riff that never stops it just goes the whole time what is that that, a clap? what's it the it's so german (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. at the the end of it yeah um so the live the live arrangement was a little bit different but with the symphony that was one of like and they all were really great we even did breaker with with a symphony um and and shark too um really yeah
1: surprised it could keep up
4: (laughs) <laughs> A of, but of all of the, of all the ones that we did, because the arranger uh, Melo Mafali uh, was absolutely awesome. He'd worked with Wolf before on other symphony projects, and uh, and how he did that, it was it was the best one. I mean, I'm partial because I was involved in it, but it was by far the best one of those. Co- it was the best combination I'd ever heard because the parts were so. Uh, he wasn't just copying the guitar part. He wrote a new part that complemented everything. He like really wove everything together. Great, but *Princess of the Dawn* was fucking monstrous because the the, the symphony's doing the you uh, had brass doing it too, and oh. Oh. it was a hair, hair on the hair on the arm every time. You know, it was. Uh, what there's a lot of YouTube footage. It was killer.
2: Phil, what's it like with except being on stage like at Vakken and looking out at eighty thousand people?
4: And again, it's like 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 Tommy kicked it off. How the hell did I get here? <laughs> I think about all the all – the, and, and what's cool about my, my journey is that with Gene and Ace, I look over there, and there's Jeremy and Ryan, my two best friends. And with Accept, I look back there, and Christopher Williams, one of my other best friends, is sitting behind me, and we, we have done so many gigs together. We've done hundreds of things together over like probably over 10 years, and I brought him on anything I could bring him on. And likewise, we would have always looked like, "Oh, got to get this guy, get this guy." So, for to be doing all these cool big shows with legendary people, with our heroes, and to look back and like, "Can you believe this shit?" (laughs) It's always always a lot of fun, but it's uh, but what's what's really cool is it is the big thing for me is all the choreography, except because I'm the guy now that goes up with Wolf and does all the stuff. So we're doing the balls of the wall thing, like that was. (laughs) For me, like my first image of them was was uh, Headbangers Ball and Restless and the Balls videos. So I'm, the two white flying V's mm-hmm. in sync are my thing. So when I got the gig, like gig gig is like, well, I'm playing a flying fucking V. I'm not playing. I'm not bringing it. I'm not going to be the strat guy and accept. You know, no I'm no, guitar, to, yeah. no, no guitar. I'm going to play. And Wolf really liked that I was as he, he said I was as big as a poser as he was when it came <laughs> <up>. <laughs> posturing because I spent more hours in a mirror with, without a guitar on than I have with a guitar on. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm no stranger to choreography and knowing how important that is and 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 why and it's like a dance. You know, walking your position, being in place, all that stuff. I get it. And he loved the fact that I could do that and was into it. So, doing that stuff with him, you know, is always really special. Like you know, the rest of some wild stuff, and it's like, you've seen him do it since the songs are released, and it's just cool. Because, yeah.
2: You know, that that that's a, that, as, you know. as a Kiss fan, that's a cool thing that I always loved about. Except it's like, yeah, you know, Kiss is all choreography too, and I love the fact that that accept puts in the time. I remember mentioning this once to Gabby, that that you put that time into rehearsing the moves, where you're going to position yourselves, what looks good, what doesn't look good.
4: Right. And a lot of it, there's a few – I pretty much have to like – I know when I'm supposed to get right next to Wolf and do the – and then guitars forward and stuff breaker there's a few moments but a lot of it is just kind of like i
3: love restless and wild when you're just doing that i could just i was like god Uh, i
4: love that part uh, those guitar moves everything is so much fun and uh but a lot of it's just stage etiquette like watch i I try to balance that now that we are six people um we have christopher and then uva and martin are kind of flank him they're kind of like cliff and malcolm Right, they stand yeah. back there, back there. So I try to really balance it out with Wolf. Like if he's over here, I go over here to the front, I'm watching where Mark is. Walk over with Mark a little bit, and you know I try to kind of keep it. You know, it's kind of always a in, in, impromptu dance. You know, I don't want to be all the way all the way in front all the time or in the back all the time. It's kind of like watching where Wolf goes, and it's always kind of a, you know, it's a head you know heads up hockey kind of like the second kind hand of thing, you know. Keep it it's around, good. Mark. Mark Tornillo. And Mark's great. I love Mark. He kills it every night. And the songs are still in the same key. There's no down Mar- Mark. Mark
2: is as perfect sure. a fit to replace Udo. But for any band that had to replace a lead singer, Mark is about as perfect a fit as you could get.
4: He really is. And then also to come out with Blood of the Nations as the yeah. first yes. album yep. with Teutonic Terror on it. With, it's almost like... The Rolling Stones put not start me up. It's like you're that far into your career and you put out a song that's is as good as anything you've ever done. It's like yeah. that's a big statement. Well, that, that, because that, a was new, great, that new album singer. was
3: so well received in the metal community. I love it. It, it, it was it,
2: so good. It, it was such a huge, deserved comeback. I mean, we, you mm-hmm. know, since the 70s and 80s, a lot of bands have tried to get back and the albums were just so, so, but except came back and as you said, blew away the stuff they did in the past. And it wasn't a fluke album. They have followed it up with great albums consecutively.
4: They've all got really good reviews and have sold well when when records don't sell. And they've stayed, they've done a really, really, really good job of staying relevant. like and, And it being like a legacy band, but still putting out new material that fans look forward to and that they know they're going to get a really good accept record. That, 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 that's what I love about them. That, that it sounds like the band. Um, and they still have the things that I like. They still have the, the, the swagger and they still have, it's still precise and it's, the, all the good elements are still there. And, uh, you, and it's sounding fresh too. Do you, do you think though that maybe one of the reasons it sells well is
0: because it seems like the bands that come from Europe. They have the dedicated following, and it, yeah. from what I understand, when you're over in London and Germany, they're into it big time. It's not like they they succumb to dance stuff that, like they do here in the States. Do right. you think it's, that's part of it?
4: Yeah, Yeah, the, the fans over there are more, um, and I've said dedicated, more into it because they'll know... The background, you know, know, the history of the band, like they'll know what I've done, they dig in, and so, uh, and yeah, when that's why they that's why the band doesn't play over here that much is because you know they can play everywhere else in the world and have you know a bigger, a, a bigger audience, yeah, and yeah, a more it's, kind it's, of like it, into audience. it. It's and don't
3: take this the wrong way, Phil, I know you won't. Um, I, I went and saw Udo on his little tour. Um, matter of fact, the same place I saw you guys uh, with Ace. It was the same club at the Token. Oh, yeah. And, and those songs, those, because ex- he played nothing but except songs. He played yeah. all the old. But the point is, I remember sitting there, I was on my way home from the show, and I'm like, "Except needs to tour more. I mean, because these songs are fucking awesome. Yeah. And don't wrong. See, I love Stalingrad. I think that's a fucking, when back that come out? Like 2000. 12 maybe that was
4: the second yeah that was the one after blood of the nations, after blood of nations. So, I yeah that, that was one after too. yeah it's great
3: and, and and i'm like how come these guys don't come around and, and i know why it's the whole yeah. economic thing I, I i actually talked to to uh, uh d snyder about that he's like why fucking tour the united states we can tour play half a dozen shows over in europe and yeah Make money's business. better
4: money. crowds better uh we did uh we had three of the shows that got postponed uh are over here one was in three and that was going to be a pretty cool um wow. show and opportunity because like we were the heaviest band by far like <laughs> on our day and it was going to be fun because i mean i've got my half my i knew half the bands there and uh that was going to be a pretty cool thing just to just kind of. Like, we I don't think it's U.S. festival like in a long time, and there's so many of those now. Louder than Life, M3, Oklahoma, there's to name a few. And so doing M3 was a big was going to be a pretty cool thing that I was going to hope was going to lead to more some more um, U.S. shows because we had two more in the Northeast around that one. Um, so I don't know uh, hopefully next year it can stay uh, if M3 happens again we can do it because um, I think it would be a cool thing and I think I mean we'd kill at a festival I mean it would, it would be awesome it would be so good I mean talk about a, sh- a shorter set like a 60 minute set of accept songs you'd, you'd have bruises you know it's like we would, we would crush it in a situation like that so I really hope we do some of those American books it'd be great yeah, that would be. I, I'm
0: just. I wanted to come back and and start up again. You know, with all the due respect to everything that's going on, uh, one of the other things I wanted to make sure I touched on today, because I find this to be fascinating, is watching some of the videos that you do, where you're sitting around noodling Van Halen songs, and you had this light bulb moment with "Ain't Talking About Love," and <laughs> yeah. I just. For any of you guys that are watching that are Van Halen fans, you got to watch what some of the stuff that Phil's doing because it's, I, I watch you in awe because it, you, you you don't realize it because you're such a nice guy. Maybe you do, I don't know, but you're extremely talented and you're a very gifted musician. and And so for someone like me who does not know how to play, it's really a lot
4: of fun to watch. You know? And, <laughs> Thanks, Ollie. Thank you. Yeah. You can so keep how, you can keep on if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> so but how did you
0: how did you decide to start I don't know, I mean that's just it's a unique idea and I, I like
4: it. I, I played I played Eddie in a tribute band, um called the Mighty Dan Halen. Um and we were pretty damn good. It was all Dave era and it was uh two thousand nine to two thousand 13 14 something like that I think okay um, a lot of fun a lot of fun wigs the whole thing I mean we were full-on nice. and so I really dug in hard I got I really got in his head I could get to the point when when I'm because you got to get into like ed mode and I was so far into there I could improvise my own solo and it would sound like ed it was like I'd guide I knew what I would know what he would do so I could do that like in the show like at the end, if we're just jamming something, it would sound so like Eddie. Um, so um, when I the, when the when the quarantine thing happened, uh, when I started like liking playing guitar again, uh, which happened to stop with stopping drinking, I went back to playing guitar because it was fun. So I went back to high school and I play I play Van Halen for four hours a day. I just sit with my, my with my Abba Kemper profiler, and I've got these profiles that absolutely sound dead on like here there's one for each album and I know what you're talking about but can you
0: can you explain that for the folks that may not know what you're talking about
4: okay it's magic I don't know how it works but there's this thing that's uh it's this it's made in Germany by this wonderful man called named Christoph Kemper and he figured out a way to record the sound of any amplifier right that you there's a process that you do it's called profiling. And so he, which is actually recording the sound of the real amp and somehow storing it in this machine. And when you have, excuse me, when you have it stored, you can actually turn the knobs and it affects the sound like it would on that amplifier. So really you can have any amp in the world. I have 17,000 profiles for my camera. I use 20 maybe of, maybe of them. So anyway, <laughs> And you can buy profiles. You can trade them with your friends. Uh, but this one guy makes um, a lot of profiles that are like classic tones. Um, he has an Angus and Malcolm Pack. Uh, Tony Iommi, Page, like all that. He has a Van Hamel. And he has one for each Dave record. And they're fucking perfect. I mean, they're absolutely perfect. Um, so I'd sit. And I, well, my guitar is right there. If you can yeah, my, it's right there. Yeah. And his guitar is right there. So I got a really special pickup in that that I got from a guy. And uh, so I'm sitting here for hours and just playing Van Halen songs, going through the album. Like, okay, Van Halen 2, I'll play Beautiful Girls Now and DOA, you know, whatever. I was just doing that forever. And so I started to film myself doing some because I was like getting back into playing guitar again. And that was because I hadn't played in so long. I really was playing like I was in high school. five hours a day of just playing Van Halen songs. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was uh, I just kind of was messing with the Kemper and had, and del- and th- that ain't talking about love is a unique thing because he's using a delay unit in that, which is half of the chords that you're hearing aren't him like hitting with his right hand. It's an echo. So right. I finally had a eureka moment, figured it out. And it was like I had such a good time that night just playing that one thing over and over again. <laughs> playing the chords yeah, was and like- talking about love for hours. <laughs> it was like Christmas morning it yeah. was my neighbors you. were like can you learn some other song please <laughs> <laughs> have you ever met ed no i never met anybody in van halen okay never have not even not mike or sam or anybody i'd, I'd uh i'd i'd love to man i'd love to yeah he's kind of
0: it, uh, ed seems to be a recluse
4: and then that's a hard camp to get into I mean, it's a real. I've know I've known kind of people in the outer, like you know, even that were in the inner circle, and it's a hard thing to even like. They don't do meet and greets, like they don't do that kind of a thing when you um, right. they uh, toured. I was hoping to go catch one of the Dave shows with Kiss, because we'd probably have a better chance of meeting Dave if it was with Kiss, if, it was, <laughs> if the Kiss guys were there. So, uh, but yeah, never never anybody in Van Halen, unfortunately.
0: But Yeah. It, it, well, get out to one of the shows. He's around.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it's uh, yeah. I've had a couple of encounters with him and they've all been very strange.
4: <laughs> I don't want to hear anything different. I was like, I don't want it to hear yeah. like, you know, well, he had coffee and no, I was like, I want to hear some crazy shit with Dave. It's what, it's what you expect.
3: Yeah, did yeah, you it. read his his book? That crazy from the heat book is awesome. Oh, it's amazing! That's a great read,
4: man. It's out of print, so I I gotta get a used copy off of uh, off of eBay because it's so good. It's so worth reading. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. So, where can people connect with you? Uh, I'm on all the socials: um, Instagram uh, V with two E's, Philip Shouse, Philip with one L. Um, I'm not on Twitter very much. Um, but I'm on Facebook, two pages on Facebook. So you can find me on there and, uh, then hopefully on tour, um, next year with except and or Ace Frehley and or Gene Simmons, <laughs> whoever or, whoever or, or,
2: or all on. at once at one festival
4: or, or all at once. Yeah, exactly. That happened in in Houston. I did a gig with Ace and Accept back to back.
3: Cool. Oh, cool. Hey, by the way, I want to thank you for uh, for sharing my band's thing today. It was awfully nice.
4: Oh yeah, man! Love for me. Dead, absolutely. What a great with well, the fog hat covers awesome. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's killer. It's uh, you
3: know where where our influences on our sleeve, you know.
4: So. Totally, yeah, man. That's great. And and, and the residency record is um, out, I guess now. If, if this is airing in a week or so, maybe or yeah. coming out on the on the EMP Records. So look for that too. So. And, totally and, God, and, and, totally and and
2: and and right the now. and the the um, artist name of the residency record is what? Just so people who search for it,
4: the rock and roll residency. The <laughs>
2: rock and roll residency is the band the two, named "Search for with,
4: People" with two e's, and uh, the record is called "The Rock and Roll Residency." <laughs> nice. So write that down. <laughs> yeah. Now we don't have the trifecta. We don't have the song called "The Rock and Rose," and it's like Black Sabbath and Living Color did. We we don't we don't have that. But uh, yeah, cool. maybe the
0: next
4: one. Next one, sure. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, do, we'll write our own song. But no, awesome. is one. Cover. So yeah, it's good. It's, good.
2: it's Phil, good. Phil, this was awesome. It was great. Great yes. chatting with you. I mean, you're. You
4: likewise, you're... man. It's good to finally get on the show, and just good, it's good to see everybody once. You know, it's it's
2: just awesome, you know, seeing somebody like you who's gone from playing with Gene to playing with Ace to playing with Accept. I mean, it's just like, you know, most people would be like, one of those is a dream come true. And you're three. <laughs> yeah.
4: And people ask me, it's like, well, what's, what's next? And I go, I've stopped planning because the universe has way cooler plans for me than exactly. I would have. Exactly. So I would have... What's Never next?
2: A years. The Paul Stanley solo band. Yes. Yeah, then exactly. the Peter Criss solo band. Then Peter. Well, let's not right push guy. it. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen, if Peter wants to do a real rock record, he needs real rock musicians.
4: And then I'll actually be able to complete the four on my leg. I've only got Gene and Ace tattoos on my right calf. There you go. <laughs> there only you go. guys I've played with, so I got to get the Paul and the Peter one too. There you no go. phil Perfect. this was
2: awesome thank you so you're welcome much welcome for... back anytime my friend yes 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 we're here we're here to thank promote you anything God. you're doing everybody.
4: everybody stay safe and stay happy and um we'll, we'll all be in touch
2: um totally awesome guy you know yeah listen I, like i just said three dreams is right there i mean you're playing in gene solo band you're playing in aces solo band you're playing in accept i mean how cool is that
0: Yeah, and and, you know, I've gotten to know them fairly well. They're all wonderful guys, and uh, you know, I like he always has such a great outlook and attitude, you know, and that's huge. Make the most of your time, and 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 he's they're all very grateful for the position that they've been put in, and that just makes you, I don't know, at least for me, it makes you want to root for him even more.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, you can just you can just you know you can feel that he's a fan yeah he's, they he, all are it's not like he's a musician who's just like yeah okay i'll take whatever gig uh you know i don't care i'll just learn the stuff no he's a fan of this stuff
0: completely which is really nice you know because it just i don't know again you you root for him because of how impact how passionate all of them are they're all like that yep yes for sure you know? I
2: I can't I can't wait to hear the the Rock and Roll Residency record.
3: Oh, that's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. You yeah. Know,
3: That whole you can tell it's going to be great just by their attitudes and their influences and you know what I mean? Yep. Look how look how detailed he was going into the Van Halen tones and the, and the blah blah, you know, all that. Guys, how do you think he's going to do it when he's showing what his stuff is. He's gonna put all that same passion You're
2: gonna hear all that influence.
3: Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. Can't yeah. wait to hear that. Um it's true. Yeah. Homework for this week. Uh, you know, have you seen Phil in in the Gene Band, the Ace band? Have you seen him in Accept? What'd you think? What's your opinion? Um yeah. and 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 I I think, you know, another fun question would be if you were to ask Gene or Ace to play a song, what do you want to hear?
0: That's good. I like that, too, because these guys have influence with them, and um, I think that, that they will probably agree with most of the people who are throwing out ideas because there's so many incredible, you know, choices on in both camps, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It works. Definitely. Um all right, so that's your homework. Before we say goodbye, Mark, don't you have an album out now?
3: Yeah, matter of fact, today's Tuesday and coming up Friday the twenty ninth. So by the time you hear my voice right here, you'll be able to go to Spotify and check the whole thing out or buy a copy. You can buy a copy on Amazon at CD on Demand, or just get a digital copy uh, at iTunes iTunes. and all the other places. Yeah,
2: it's iTunes. It'll be on Google. It'll be on Deezer, Amazon, Spotify, you name it, wherever you digitally look for music, it's there. And uh, if you want links, just head over to the Left for Dead Facebook page, Left for Dead Detroit.
3: Yeah, don't, I don't. Uh,
0: what's that? Does it come with a coupon for a bucket of I, chicken at KFC? I wish, I wish. But
3: uh, <laughs> I tell you what, we're very excited. Uh, already got a few thousand spins on on YouTube,
1: which is huge. Um, shout Again, out,
3: Michael. shout out to Michael Brandwood yep. Marketing. Uh, Making all this happen, uh, getting a lot of love. The, you know, the best part about it is um, I've been getting so many IMs and emails and stuff. And I, thank you. I mean, uh, you know, we we do this because it's fun. We do this because, you know, very much like Phil, it's the same thing. You know, this is, there's that old blues song that says, you know, uh, the boogie chillin' song. It says, you know, it's it's in you and it's got to come out well that's exactly why people like phil and myself you know we write songs and it's part of you and you can't wait yep. to share share that with the world and i i love the fact you know all the love that you know we're getting over in the left for dead camp it it it's it's amazing and and really humbling and and, and heartfelt and I'm glad you guys feel it the way, you know, we feel it. Again, you know, it's an old school metal record. If you like Accept and Kiss and ACDC and Judas Priest, you're going to love us because that's who we are. And there's no pretense in it. We're not trying to go, okay, you know, this this is, you know,
2: you're not reinventing anything.
3: Fuck no. There's nothing new under the sun and nobody wants to be bored by somebody trying to tell you there is. You know, I can you know, we, we mentioned this before. I can name check each one of those songs and go, Okay, we were trying to do this. We were trying to do exactly what what Phil was talking, what Gene was saying to them. (laughs) <laughs> That's how do you think kiss wrote they they took apart beatles songs and stone songs and and, yeah. and and motown songs yep and they rearrange them in a way that you don't know and and i'm no different of a songwriter than that where i'm like hey that i love that riff from somewhere yeah i'm like i love that stones riff and you know what if here's something we do sometimes too <laughs> i i said to my friend because uh one of the songs I wrote on it, I couldn't figure out what to do with the bridge. And my buddy who was helping me write the song says, what do you think Jimmy Page would do here? <laughs> and he played this little riff. I'm like, dude, that'll fit perfect. So it's like I wrote the main song because I'm not I can barely play guitar, but I could play enough to and and all except for this little part. And it fit perfectly. And he said those words verbatim to me. He's like, what do you think Jimmy Page would do here? And he went and he played this little part. I'm like, dude. That fucking works. So we stuck it in, and and again, that's that's the beauty behind doing this is sharing, you know, our passion for music with with other music geeks. Let's face it, if you're still here, what are we, an hour and a half in or something yeah. like that? You're, you're a geek. Oh shit, it's two hours. Gross. Look, you're a music geek too. If you're still here, you just sat through that, so you know what I'm talking about. So you know, anyway, I uh, I I, I would loving. I would. Go check
2: it out. I would say one final homework question. What's your review of the Left for Dead album?
3: Yeah. That's yeah. good.
2: Love to hear your thoughts on the entire album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where to go. Facebook.com that's three sides of the coin. We've got a group. We've got a page. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. And, of course, YouTube. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the follow button on Spotify, subscribe, review, and ratings on iTunes. We appreciate all of it. It helps spread the word. And uh, that's it. Until next week, we're out of here.
1: Of the show go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com
3: and leave your review and rating of three sides of the coin
1: thanks download your free free copy of the kiss school of marketing 11 lessons i learned working with kiss the
3: number one downloaded business book on noise trade go to books.noisetrade.com
1: brandbold. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. So you love the show. Go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.